Everybody ready? Okay. Let's call the August 10th regular meeting of the Calaveras County Planning Commission to order and get started with the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Are there any staff announcements or agenda changes today? None, Madam Chair. Thank you. Then, um, is there any member of the public who would like to speak to the Planning Commission on an item not on the agenda today? Thank you for the head motion. And is there anybody online? Great. Then we will open and close the public comment portion of the agenda. And take a look at the consent agenda. Is there any member of the commission or the public who would like to pull an item from the consent agenda for further discussion? Uh, Julie, I don't want to pull an item, but I can't vote. What, what's the position of, of for the minutes? I was not I was not in attendance on the 27th, so do I just abstain from that? Yes, if you weren't, you would just not vote on the minutes if you weren't part of it. And so because both of these minutes are locked together, do we need to take them separately? Because I was here for the 13th, but not here for the 27th? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Or did you watch it by any chance, no, the meeting? I, okay. I'm okay, then we will take them separately. <laughs> Do I? I had one suggestion for the minutes of July 27th. Yeah, we're going to separate them. So, so we'll we'll deal with these separately. Let's first take a look at item one: Planning Commission minutes of July 13th. Are there any comments on that, or would someone like to make a motion? Make a motion that we accept them today. And a second. Second. Thank you. Motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Okay. And now we will look at item two, Planning Commission minutes of July 27th. And I think we have a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, just to avoid any confusion from people maybe reading these minutes, if anybody does, uh, that it, the presentation of the uh, item uh, under number one indicates the front patio and the area behind the structure will only be open for cigar smoking after 7 p.m. Um, so that there wouldn't be any misunderstanding under the actual motion um, Motion was made by Commissioner Singh and seconded by Commissioner Lattice to approve resolution 2023-008 as amended. And I would include uh, or insert including a ban on smoking in the front patio uh, so we don't get people roused up about. And then they'd have to go read the or listen to the whole thing. Right. Anybody have any? Objections to that change? 
I just I just have a question. Sure. Um, since it was just the two of you here, are we going to have to? There were three of us here. But there's only two to vote. Can we, Julie? It takes at least three members, right, to pass. There's only two that are present. Yeah, that today. were at that meeting. That were at that meeting. <laughs> so at least they're going to have to be tabled, I think. Because there were only three of us here last time. Good question. So, okay, so let me try to understand. <laughs> there were three people at the meeting. Yeah, but CJ was one of them, and he's not here today. So let's, okay. I will Should we just pull it and continue that item? Good, yeah. good catch, Michael. Yeah. We'd have noticed it while we went to the motion. <laughs> I didn't get a motion. So we will continue consent agenda item number two to our next meeting, whenever that is. All righty. And get started on our regular agenda item one, 2023-004. General plan amendment for William Spence and Madeline, I believe, will present that. <clears throat> Just share my screen real quick here. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Madeline Flandro, Planner 3. I have another lot line adjustment. <laughs> I'm getting good at these. Um, so this is project number 2023-004, general plan amendment for William Spence. The proposal is to amend the general plan land use designation of APN 0580010005 from resource production to working lands for consistency with an adjacent parcel in order to complete a lot line adjustment. The subject parcel highlighted here in green is located at 1523 Highway 49 in Angels Camp, which is approximately 1.7 miles northwest of the intersection of Highway 49 with Highway 4. The subject parcel is approximately 24.3 acres in size and is currently developed with Spence Ranch Feed and Supply, which goes across the eastern boundary line. As you can see here, it's the long structure. Um, which it goes across the boundary line into the adjacent parcel, which is under the same ownership. Um, and there's also a single family residence you see that has the blue dot on it. Nope, sorry. Um, development on the subject parcel began in the late 70s um, with the construction of the feed store. And in 1979, a conditional use permit was approved by the Planning Commission to expand the store. At that time, the subject parcel was zoned unclassified. And in 1997, the residence was constructed. The parcel was rezoned in 1986 um, from unclassified to A1-ME, which is general agriculture with the mine extraction um, combining zone, with a 300-foot by 500-foot portion containing the commercial structure um, that was rezoned to RC, which is rural commercial, which I've tried my best to depict here so you kind of get a sense of the split zoning that was created with that zoning amendment. With the adoption of the general plan in 2019, the subject parcel was designated as resource production, and although the RC zone is not um, consistent with this designation, it remained in place. 
The resource production designation identifies those lands for agricultural operations, timber production, and or mineral resource production in order to maintain the land's viability and economic productivity and protect these lands from the intrusion of incompatible uses or activities. It's intended for parcels that are 40 to 160 acres in size. The reason that this parcel was designated RP with the general plan update, um, even though it's only 24 acres, is because it was incorrectly put in our GIS system. It came up as 100 acres, so that's what happened with that. Um, in 2022, there was a survey that was completed as part of the lot line adjustment application, which confirmed the size. Compatible zones with the um, resource production designation include general forest, timber production, general agriculture, agriculture preserve, rural home industry, recreation, and public service. The proposed land use designation is working lands, which identifies lands suitable for agricultural and forestry practices on smaller parcels than those designated resource production to reflect existing development patterns and or to recognize their location in or adjacent to existing communities. It's intended for parcels that are 20 to 40 acres in size. These lands allow the continuation of small-scale resource production and or other rural home-based business operations that are compatible with the rural residential development. Typical uses include small-scale ag, forestry, timber production, and harvesting, um, mineral extraction, or other similar compatible uses. Um, as stated previously, the subject parcel is zoned A1NE with the portion containing the commercial structure zoned RC. The A1 zone is consistent with both the resource production um, and working lands designation, but as I stated before, the RC zone is not consistent with either designation. Granting the general plan amendment and the subsequent lot line adjustment will remove the split zoning from the subject parcel. Hmm. So a lot line adjustment application was received in September of 2022 by the surveyor's office and is awaiting approval of this general plan amendment um, to complete the process. Currently, the boundary line bisects the existing commercial structure, which you can see as the lot line, you probably can't read that, but there is, if you can see the north-south trending um, boundary line there, that says lot line to be adjusted on it. And this, um, is what is proposed. So if the general plan um, land use designation is amended, the landowner can adjust the boundary between the two parcels in order to have the entire structure of spe um, Spence Ranch feed and supply on the adjacent parcel, which is APM 0580001024. And with the residence being the only use remaining on the subject parcel. And it will also no longer have split zoning on the subject parcel. This area along the highway has a mix of uses, um, including uh, suburban propane tanks, which are in the small rectangular structure just immediately east of Spence Ranch Feed and Supply. There's also the Humane Society, which is the um, rectangle further to the southeast. Um, and there are some larger parcels with single family residences, some of which are owned by Mr. Spence. The application was routed for 30 days, and no comments or concerns were received from any county departments, public agencies, or the public. 
And this activity is covered by the common sense exemption that CEQA applies only to projects which have the potential for causing a significant effect on the environment. The manual land use designation um, on the subject parcel from resource production to working lands will not result in more intensive permitted uses being allowed to occur, but will instead facilitate the removal of the commercial use and the commercial zoning on the parcel through the lot line adjustment. The potential for residential development won't change as there's already a single family residence and, and uh, sorry, as one single family residence and one accessory dwelling are permitted per legal parcel in the A1 zone and there's already a residence on the parcel. Although the California Natural Diversity Database doesn't identify some special status species um, within a five mile radius, such as the tricolored blackbird and the pallid bat, um, there's no development proposed with this application and no intrusion or disturbance of these habitats is anticipated. The parcel is not located in any designated critical habitat either. So to conclude, the project will not have a significant effect on the environment due to the zoning restrictions and existing site limitations, so notice of exemption is appropriate. The proposed general plan amendment to working lands will result in the subject parcel's land use designation being consistent with the 24-acre parcel and with the current use of the property. Achieving general plan consistency with the adjacent parcel is a requirement before the, applica the applicant can proceed with the lot line adjustment. The change is from a more intensive land use designation to a less intensive one. The proposed amendment is not controversial and it's in the public interest to remove land use conflicts where they exist. This request serves the interests of the landowners in that it, it eliminates the problem of having a lot line bisect the building on their property. Additionally, comments have been received from, uh, no comments have been received from neighboring landowners within 300 foot radius. There's no development proposed with this application and there's no change of use proposed that would affect surrounding properties. The potential effects of the proposed general plan amendment have been evaluated and determined to not be detrimental to the public health, safety, or welfare. The proposed designation um, of working lands is appropriate given the design, location, shape, size, and other characteristics to ensure that any future development will not endanger, jeopardize, or otherwise constitute a hazard to the property, surrounding properties, and the community at large. The general, the general welfare and goals um, and purposes of the zoning code are served by assigning a single, more appropriate land use designation given the size of the parcel and by allowing for a concurrent lot line adjustment that will remove inconsistent zoning from the subject parcel. And the applicant's agent, um, Mr. Smith, is here if you have any questions for him regarding this application. Are there any questions for Madeline? Yeah, we, this is a, a general plan amendment. Um, as I recall, we could do four amendments a year. Yes. And is this the first one? Yes. We, we have a cushion. That's mm -hmm. good. <laughs> and there were no others we could consolidate with it. <laughs> <laughs> Must mean our general plan is looking good. <laughs> so, would the applicant's representative like to speak? Okay. Are there any questions for the applicant? Um, let's just go on record as opening the public comment portion of the hearing. And as long as no one has joined us online, I'd, 
I don't see anybody who wishes to speak. Annette, is there anyone online? <laughs> Thank you. Then we will close the public comment portion and return to the commission. Is there any discussion or um, amendments to the resolution that we'd like to discuss? Yeah, I have a very few amendments to this very fine resolution. Um, and even even though it may have findings that are not uh, legally necessary for us to make, uh, I agree with them all, so I have no problem with that. Um, on the second whereas clause, I don't understand why we have the word single, the general plan amendment to a single land use designation. <laughs> Since it has a single designation now and we're switching it to another single designation, is there a need for that word? Um, single use designation. Uh, I don't know. Okay. And then, since this is nicely non controversial, um, we can take it, we can. And the last whereas, uh, we should insert the word and before information in the last line. So it says staff report, comma, and information presented by the project proponent and take out and public comments. Okay. Then, uh, uh, number four finding. I just noticed we have two finding fours. Nope. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Second one uh, in finding four, there's a uh, a couple of places in the second line and down toward the end where we're talking about adjacent parcel to the east. I find that since all this was on a diagonal, I kept looking in the wrong direction to the east. So I'd suggest we say southeast. Okay. Uh, both there in the in the second line and the fourth line up from the end of that paragraph. Yes. That's all I know. I, I have a similarly fussy comment. <laughs> no surprise, right? Um, we say that the proposed general plan amendment promotes public health, safety, and general welfare and serves the goals and purposes of Title 17. And I think these are two separate things. I think serving the purposes of Title 17 could be um, more appropriately combined with the general plan or separated. I, I agree that it serves the purposes of Title 17. I don't think that it necessarily promotes the public health, safety, and general welfare of the public, but I agree that it is not detrimental to the public health, safety, and welfare of the public. So. It's just an organizational thing. And so we say the potential effects 
have been evaluated and determined not to be detrimental, but our heading says it promotes it. So I would, I, and I'm even okay with leaving it together if we just change the first sentence to say that um, the general plan amendment is not detrimental to the public health, safety, and general welfare and serves the goals and purposes of Title 17. That's fine too. We don't need to add yet another number. I like your second version. <laughs> I'm getting worse. <laughs> I must miss Kelly. <laughs> no, I think we're just getting better with these findings and evidence. Okay. Anything else? That's all I've got. Are we ready to hear the recommendation? Or are there any other comments or potential edits? Okay. So staff recommends the Planning Commission approve Planning Commission Resolution 2023-010 recommending the Board of Supervisors amend the General Plan Land Use Designation of APN 058-001-005 from resource production to working lands and approve the Notice of Exemption finding that the project is exempt from CEQA pursuant to Section 15061-B3. So moved. I second. And have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes five, zero, one. Four. Four, I'm sorry. Four, zero, one. I was adding in my head. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, with uh, Commissioner Singh absent. And thank you, Julie. What's what's the next step here? It's done. It's goes to the board. This goes to the board, so it would not be appealable at this juncture. <laughs> yes, thank you. Apparently, he he, he was aware of thank that. You, he didn't need to hear it. A denial would be appealable, but not yes. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Do we? Since our next item is the greenhouse gas informational item, we have two options here. We could take a break and wait for our consultant to show up, or we could start discussing things that, that we think are really um, going to be primarily a discussion of the commission or um, information to be presented by the director. Now, I would suggest that we do take a break because some commissioners haven't had a chance to see all these materials that uh, <laughs> each year. Well, <laughs> provided. It's going to be a long break. It's uh, about a half an hour, right? And the, the commissioners have replied very nicely, have replied to uh, some of my questions, and I would call uh, particular attention to this one-page thing that says Lattice's 810 suggestions for major TR5. So when you get to page 17 of these uh, 
of the comments, my comments on it, um, uh, go, go to the single page thing. I said this would re replace uh, what I have suggested on page 17. So let's go ahead and take a 25 minute break and return at 10 to 10 so we can be organized and together before the uh, consultant logs on, if that's okay with everybody. Okay. Uh, good morning, Madam Chair, members of the Planning Commission. Uh, today, um, the Planning Commission is considering uh, discussions on the county's proposed uh, greenhouse gas um, emissions inventory and reduction plan. Uh, the last time uh, we met uh, was uh, sometime in October of 2022. At that time, the Planning Commission requested uh, information from the consultant. Uh, now we have the information from the consultant, and it is attached to the staff report. But I can just summarize uh, what some of the um, what some of the information uh, is on that report. Now, one of the questions the commission has always had was, how did we arrive at the 1990 numbers, uh, for which is the basis for? our current numbers, and, and that uh, question is answered on page two of the staff report, which it says that uh, uh, for 2018, the source sector, uh, including energy, transportation, agriculture, solid waste, and indicates that the county emitted 347,311 metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent. And that was the number that was used to quantify uh, 2030, and then they also did a 2045 number. Uh, and uh, so the 1990 GHG emission reference here, uh, because there is no county-specific 1990 GHG emissions inventory that can be used as a reference here for which county GHG emissions can be compared to state guidelines, the county 1990 reference year were calculated using the 2018 GHG emissions inventory as compared to the known magnitude change in statewide GHG emissions between 2018 and, and 1990. And that number, uh, again, is 356,163 metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent. Uh, if, so, I, if I might break in. They, yes, sir. And their answers uh, to the questions mm -hmm. I posed, mm -hmm. uh, they give what I think is an outdated answer to how they got 1990 emissions. So it's something we, we need to... We need to clarify when there's some online. What you just said is, is exactly what's in on right. page two. Absolutely. And the way I understand that is by saying the known magnitude change in statewide GHG emissions between 2018 and 1990. As a hypothetical, if there were, if there were a 3% decrease in state emissions between 1990 
in 2018, yeah. then they would apply a 3% decrease, uh, uh, or actually add back that 3%. Right. For Calaveras, using the 2018 Calaveras figures to get the 2019. But that isn't the answer that they gave okay. uh, in their most current question. Very good. They will clarify that information for us. Um, so may I ask a question? So why is the 19, why, why did they choose 1990? State. Okay, that's state mandate. There's so, still, it's state mandated, even yeah. though there isn't any statistical data to go back that far, because they weren't collecting in 90, correct? There were, so they, there is statewide data, there's not individual community county. and county data. Yeah. So then they allowed it, everybody to use the inventory that they did based in 2018 or whatever year people used, and then to Extrapolate work backwards. Exactly. What's, what's the, the, error, the factor, the error factor in that calculation? Well, Tim just said maybe 3%? Well, no, no. No, no, no. That's they they oh, made a modification. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any way to quantify that. So the, everybody has agreed on a formula that they're using, which is true of how the inventory in 2018 was com derived also. So a, lo a lot of it is just algorithmic as opposed to measured. So, so to help, I know that some commissioners weren't here at the time the inventory right. was adopted. Yeah. And so the state demanded and our general plan demanded that we use 1990 levels as a benchmark that we have to get a certain percentage below by 2030. And so because of that, and because we tied our general plan to that, we needed to use we needed to figure out what? our starting point. Okay. And so like the rest of the state, there was a combination of local specific data. And for those places where we didn't have local specific data, extrapolations were made based on more general, either statewide or nationwide data. And it, as imperfect as it is, and with a lot of discussion, the board has adopted our inventory. So we're past that point. Okay. Okay. And now we're at the point where we're looking at the greenhouse gas. What measures are we going to take to meet our general plan goal, which is tiered, it is a certain amount, but 40% below 19, yeah. 90, below 1990 levels by, by 2030. 2030. And okay. I have to believe that they, the consultants are using an industry accepted method Did I say to extrapolate I'm, I'm so sorry well, to interrupt. I'm not here for any of this, but I am going to speak so, I just want to make sure. I thought they were the consultants. And I thought, yeah, no. The consultants are here on Zoom. Oh, see, I said something wrong, and I wanted them to interrupt yeah. right now. No, no, no. Okay. No, that, sorry. It, that's sorry. It's a separate. It's amusing how all this does. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, just to kind of. Uh, so, I think that. What brought it up for Tim is that there was a change between an earlier report we had and a later report that yeah. that brought him to question how did how did you come up with those numbers? Yeah, and then the their most recent answer they reverted back to their earlier report. I think inadvertently. Right. Uh, so. Yeah. I well, actually we didn't. There was a different methodology originally. This is Eric Feldman. I'm with yeah. you. Hi, Eric. 
Green Con Consultants did not do the back task. That was done by SPC, one of our teaming partners. Um, but I am familiar with the methodology. Um, there is a change from the original version to the version today. Um, and the version today is exactly uh, the comparison of the state's ratio of 1990 to 2018 and applying it to Calaveras County to backcast to 1990 from 2018. And so it's, it's a change in the state's measured emissions that was applied. And we're, and, and we're pleased to hear that. It's just that the, the most recent uh, RINCON responses, this is Commissioner Laddish, uh, to my questions reverted back to what you were saying in whatever it was, April of April of 2023. April of 2023. So I appreciate the, the, the clarification that we are using the same uh, uh, process that the state uses and just applying it to the Calaveras inventory. Uh, That's correct. And that is an industry standard if there is such a thing in climate planning. And, and is this what the state itself is using in testing whether the state is going to satisfy the 2030 goal? So the state has actually conducted or collected data to do those inventories. Calaveras County doesn't have it, so we're applying the state's changed to Calveras. So this is just keeping up with it because the whole planning practice is predicated on showing that um, the county is being consistent with the state and doing their fair share. Yeah, I, I wasn't clear enough. Um, it's when the state, in 2030, when the state looks and say, gee, do we satisfy our goal? Is the state going to be using this the, the same process to, in comparing to the state's 1990 figures? In other words, are, they, are we, we're, we're using the same procedure to reach the 1990 figures as the state will be in determining whether it's reached its goals? That is correct. The state has used 1990 as a baseline for all the legislation that has come forward. I think Tim's curious if the state is going to judge themselves as being either, either having attained their goal or not using exactly the same methodology that we believe the state is telling us we need to use. And I think you're saying yes, it is. I am saying yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, but I, I, I think um, you probably have some, I already had some time to kind of go over uh, the July 17 memorandum that identifies both uh, quantitative and supportive uh, measures. Uh, the quantitative measures are the measures that actually have a specific percentage of um, action to be taken to reduce an equivalent uh, amount of carbon dioxide equivalent. And the supportive measures are measures that don't really have any quantification to them, but they have qualitative potentials with them so that if we do those things uh, in addition to the quantifiable um, measures, we would get to the results that we need. So um, I don't know if the committee, and I give uh, kind of a, a few examples um, of uh, 
you know, a quantitative measure and a supportive measure. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been that the Planning Commission had always wanted to know uh, whether or not, and I think this came up recently in Commissioner Ladish's um, uh, correspondence, whether or not we can take a little bit of this and take a little bit of that and still get to the goal. And I, and I wanted the consultants to clarify specifically uh, whether or not we can actually, uh, you know, follow, do we have to follow all the specific um, measures verbatim or do we have options with taking a piece of this and taking a piece of that? Well, it depends on the measure. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Eric or yeah. Kelsey, um, if you want to. So all the, the, the joint consultants team um, with that, with the recommendations from staff, um, with the recommendations of the measures based on feedback and the recommendations indirectly. And as a reason, these are our best practice recommendations in totality um, for um, achieving the reductions um, required to the uh, 2030 target. Um, and, you know, if you provide suggestions that you want changes to the members, you can also take that into account. So, so Kelsey, this is Commissioner Chimeni. I, I have, I have a question. These best practices that you're proposing are assumptions about the county. Uh, and um, were there any attempts made to solicit input from county residents regarding this plan, um, the implement, implementation of the plan, and the, the both financial and personal? impacts that some of these measures may have on them. So the first thing is to county staff um, to to fine tune those measures. We do not personally work on the outreach piece. Um maybe you can speak to that very that um SBC helped you with more the outreach to the community piece. Um, Commissioner Shimante, at the very beginning, we had an outreach program, but we did not have all the specific numbers when the, when the outreach program was done. So I think uh, the best answer to your question is, uh, now that we have these measures, uh, the uh, adoption of a, uh, a greenhouse gas plan or a climate action plan, if you want to call it that, would uh, come at a later time when these kinds of measures would be discussed individually or specifically as it relates to costs. Because part of the implementation process is going to require the county to weigh some of the pros and cons that you just mentioned. If we're going to go retroactively and do electrification of, well, let, let me take one example. Um, uh, let's say uh, measure RE1 uh, RE uh, requires the county to support efforts. Uh, that's not a good one. Facility energy efficiency reports, measure EB3. Uh, the measure requires that the county reduce existing residential and commercial energy use, all sources, 
by 10% and 15% by 2030 and 25% and 30% in 2045. And it does um, kind of describe what those things might be. And then it gives us a score that if we did those things, right. we would have a 1,727 metric ton reduction of CO2. So what I'm alluding to here is that there's a similar requirement when it comes to um, residential utilities, like gas stoves, uh, propane tanks, uh, versus electric stoves and, and things of that nature. And we have, to come, we have to get to a point where we actually feel comfortable going one way or the other. If we are going to have to do these things to achieve our general plan objectives, which is, in, which is to be in compliance with SB 32, then uh, some of these measures have to be taken. At the same time, uh, we need to consider what some of the effects would be on our residents. And if we have to do things maybe gradually rather than, you know, uh, you know just taking baby steps, uh, it, taking baby steps is better than taking no steps at all. So maybe rather than retroactively going back and saying, retrofit your appliances, we might have a start date that says beginning with, you know, 1st of January 2025, all new construction will, will consist of the following things. We can also consider those as options. I'd like to point out that the uh, planning director, Elliot, uh, was mentioning how do we have to toe the line with every specific thing, which I think we will need to go through the July 17th uh, memo yeah. page by page because there are certain things where I'm suggesting there'd be changes. But one thing that we wouldn't get to until very near the end is uh, the quantification of sequestration measures, which the, the consultants have quantified uh, a sequestration major having to do with compost, but uh, does did not quantify uh, all the other very uh, specific things from the general plan on sequestration. And I think that that is an area that needs to be quantified. Uh, there must be uh, some algorithm somewhere uh, that, that would permit the quantification of that. And once it is quantified, why well, then we have a little more leeway in uh, uh, in making changes to, say, the transportation uh, measures. So I think maybe we ought to discuss the quantification of the sequestration at this point uh, yeah. to establish that there is a cushion. Yeah, and, and, and I think um, in, order, in order for us to do that, we might want to look at uh, page 22 of the July 17 report and, and look at table one. Uh, and and t what Table 1 does is it, it, um, it aggregates all the uh, re um, uh, emission reduction impact by group. So energy, the energy sector, uh, if we uh, scored all those items, uh, we get a reduction of 19,372 uh, metric tons of CO2 by 2030. But uh, that is from the energy sector. Uh, with the ag sector, we're looking at a lesser amount, which is 10,833. 
so the biggest uh, uh, reduction that we see is actually would be actually in the transportation sector, which would give us 58,850 metric tons reduction by 2030, and then 103,000 by uh, 2045. So um, uh, water and wastewater, not very much. So <clears throat> the area that really uh, gives us the best reduction is not an area that, um, th that I think requires us to take um, any kind of drastic impacts that would, uh, that would make the, the, the lives of the residents uh, uncomfortable. I think it requires us to, um, you know, uh, build EV structures, try to electrify uh, our campus, um, transportation mode share, public transit mode. These are things that I think can be accomplished without really putting a lot of stress on the residents uh, compared to uh, maybe um, the ag sector, which we get a 10,833 deduction, and the energy sector. I think the energy sector really is a sector that has yeah. the most problematic. Um, yeah, and well, that's why I'm raising the sequestration, yes. non-quantification, because right. if we make some changes to the transportation area that would cut down on the, the reductions, reductions that would result from the transportation area, if we have a right now uh, with no quantification of the sequestration uh, area, uh, we have very little cushion uh, to uh, in meeting our goal. Uh, so I'd like to hear. I know that the consultants, I think, in their answer to my question about quantifying the uh, conservation uh, or sequestration area, uh, they referred back to an earlier. Uh, response that had to do with supportive. Well, this is not a supportive thing. It's a separate uh, separate area of sequestration that is recognized within our general plan as uh, by, by mentioning this article that was to be used as a model. Uh, in our general plan, it recognizes sequestration as a key element in reduction of, of greenhouse gases. So I, I would appreciate the uh, consultant's uh, response to that. Okay, I'll see, would that be you or would that be Eric uh, that would address the sequestration question? I could just jump in. So um, for sequestration, it's very difficult to quantify specific measures without having done baseline analysis of sequestration occurring in the, in the county. Um, so measures for sequestration generally start by pointing to the completion of what is called the natural working lands analysis. And this is a specific methodology that the state has developed to start to be able to understand the sequestration potential across the state. Um, that's kind of the first step. And once you've completed that, then you're able to leverage the, that analysis to develop quantifiable changes that could occur through um, activities in the, in the county. So um, 
we don't have that data at this time, so it limits the ability to do that type of quantification in a, in a meaningful way that would be supported by real evidence. So that's why that's been excluded. Um, and it's not part of the scope of work at this time. So I would say that as part of your implementation of your climate action plan, focusing, if you want to really focus on that sequestration, your first step should be um, pursuing grant funding to pay for that type of a study. That's a natural working land study. Thank you for that answer, because I did notice that other communities had quantified sequestration, both for agricultural operations and for uh, the natural world, you know, parks, forests. Uh, so that explains how they were able to do it. It is concerning to me that we brought this up. It, it's been such a long time ago, and I, I do not want to point fingers at any of you guys. I really appreciate you being here today to answer questions. But we brought this issue up from the very beginning, and nobody suggested that what we needed was to get a baseline study in order to do that. We were just told over and over that it was not possible. So you have really uh, <laughs> educated me today. <laughs> I'll just point out the, this climate planning and analysis world we live in is so rapidly evolving yeah. that even at the time that we started this project, protocols and, and methods of analysis have been released by the state like for this type of stuff. So, um, I don't know if it comes into play with where we stand today, but it, that that's a very new part of climate planning. But, but but you're asking us to adopt a plan that may not be based on reality. I mean, I, I appreciate Commissioner Landis's work on uh, the off-road equipment and vehicles. I mean, that's a huge part of this county's um, economy. And, you know, the, the suggestions that were made by Commissioner Landis, I think, are... Um, reflective of the need to keep folks employed in this county and um, and you know the, the concept of running a battery operated backhoe you know how much bigger does that backhoe have to be in order to store for the batteries to operate that backhoe then what do you do with those batteries I I, I, I please understand and I want to go on the record is that I, I I understand that we need to do something with greenhouse gas emissions but uh, I, I think we need to also be reflective and responsive to, you know, our community. You know, we, we live in a rural, very rural community and electrification of vehicles and placement of charging stations. You know, where are those going to go and, and, and what are we going to be able to do with that? I, my last year as a superintendent of the Bret Hart District, we uh, had a, we have a one, well, I guess now one electric bus. And that bus had a range of 80 miles. So, and there was no storage underneath it. So I, I appreciate the conversation, but I would like us to be a little bit more realistic. You know, it's the same thing when you start looking at, you know, manure and having, I did some research on that and having cows, they say that, you know, if they eat seaweed, you know, that's going to, you know, I, I don't think my cows would eat seaweed, um, you know, and, and we don't have, and, you know, the biggest contributor to the methane gas is from, from dairy cattle, and we, we don't, don't have. have dairy. I mean, so 
I, I, I think um, with all due respect, some of the information that we're, we're seeing here, it may not be totally reflective of our county. So we, uh, we have come to some kind of a, uh, acceptance because we had to accept a baseline that included some items that we know don't actually even occur here and, and others that do occur here at higher rates. Um, but those areas are small in comparison. We need to focus our efforts in the few areas where something that we do could make a meaningful difference. I, I'd suggest that we, we go through the July 17th memo with, with he says very, uh, modestly with my modest suggestions and comments um and and take care of these uh, these subjects individually as they arise um and i would suggest if if we make some changes that would reduce uh uh would lower our reductions say in the transportation area but they only lower them by uh several hundred uh, metric tons that we could at least say in the sequestration area that it at least would accomplish uh, that much uh, in the way of, of, uh, of savings, of reductions. So we don't have to come up with a specific figure if we can't come up with a specific figure, but uh, just common sense, which I assume is a part of some algorithm, um, we can say we're still covered because we still have this cushion from uh, sequestration. We don't know exactly how big it is, but it's at least this big. Anyhow, I'd suggest we start going through the... Uh... So before they, we do this, I think um, that it is possible to word these measures in such a way that they are dependent on funding in some cases to provide incentives, so which we've already done a lot of, but I also think that we may have missed the opportunity to include lang global language that says that we will implement and enforce some things as the technology becomes more affordable or more available. Because to, to simply say, you're gonna put in plumbing fixtures that are lower flow, those plumbing fixtures are not available widely or at a reasonable cost today, but they may very well be in two or three years. Right. And so those things will naturally come about without right. this, the kind of angst that we're experiencing right here today. So I think if we look to that and look to be flexible and realistic, right. that that potential is here right. to make this work. Yeah, Madam Chair, that's a very good point. I would also like to just mention that we can also look at this as an aspirational document. We would aspire to do these things. And I think the consultants would agree that if we're making progress, we are on our way. We don't have to do everything 
by a certain time. But if we, if we, you know, it's if you know, if we, if we make progress and we are at least demonstrating that we're actually on our way, I think it puts us in a total different category than to say, oh no, this is not even possible. This doesn't represent our county. And I think there's a way we can meet the interests of the county residents and also satisfy. Uh, our goal of our, 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 our job right now is to under the general plan is to come up yes. with a greenhouse gas reduction plan Absolutely. that would accomplish the and goal. we're well on our way and, so. and I think I think I think we can do that absolutely uh, but I think to get the specifics we need to we need to go through this plan okay page by page. would you like to start well Sure, sure. <laughs> Increased community um, energy, is that I think that... I just wanted to check if there's a little sure to align with discuss those items, but maybe we have a transcript or more documents compiling final suggested um, suggestions um, after this that we can have access to. I couldn't answer. Oh, yes, I oh um, she wants to know how we're going to transfer the discussion into written documentation that they can actually include. Uh, okay, so well, and I think if we go through this, yeah. we can get a consensus. I, I would, I would suggest. I mean, this. I, I think I've I've done more work on this than anybody. That doesn't mean I know it more or understand it more. But if I go, if we go through this. If there are any disagreements among the, the planning commission commissioners as to suggestions I make in this thing, I, uh, then I think that would be a way of, of determining uh, what we could put in a in a written uh, document well, to the consultants. I, we and, can take notes about each measure as we discuss it. Right. right. So I think my suggestion is that while we make sure to cover Commissioner Laddish's suggestions, which he spent a lot of time reading and coordinating various pieces of this, I also think we need to look at each of it and get all the commissioners take on, oh, yeah. are, is it fine how it is? What kind of modifications do we need? Right. Are, are his suggestions going to take care of it for everybody or is there something different? Yep. It will be a bit time consuming and you probably will not be here for all of it, the, the consultants, but we will have to give you some bullet pointed and I, comments when we're done, I think. I do want to express my appreciation for the consultants to give written responses to uh, the questions yeah. I raised in the margin, uh, which we got this morning, and which, which do clarify a lot and which will make it easier for us to clarify some of the questions of the language that I've raised questions about. Right. Um, yeah, I want to say that things are so much better in this go around. I, I can't tell you how reassuring it is. Mm -hmm. So um, anyhow, I, the, in my opinion, the, on the first page of the uh, July 17th memo, uh, the consultants have answered the question about the goal for 2045, and so I don't need to spend any time on that. Um, similarly, they've answered the question about the 2018 emissions inventory, even though 
it's a different figure than what was in the published inventory that uh, there have been uh, updatings of emission models, et cetera. And, uh, and so I understand that was a very clear answer. Um, the, uh, that went, and similarly, the, the change in the figures for 2030, and I, I just raised with the consultants, the figures that we currently have before us uh, are the best figures available and could be supported uh, uh, in any sort of controversy about these figures, correct? Correct. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and we, we were talking with uh, Mr. Feldman to start with about the 1990 uh, figures and it's my understanding that he agrees that the response of the consultants that we received today uh, is, is, is really outdated, that we really should look to page three of the, uh, the Rincon memo uh, to show how the 1990. So it, unless there's a specific thing that you feel is outstanding, why? Why don't you well, ask any questions you feel were okay. not adequately answered, and okay. then we can move on to the measures because yeah. we don't have them for that long. Yeah, okay. I think that's great. Okay, so we're on page six now. Um, and my, I have a, an additional suggestion. Instead of saying when funding is obtained for measure RE1, say pursue funding to increase. So we're going to talk about that when we talk about the measures. So are there questions that's, that's measure. overall? Oh. I understand, but we're going to go through the measures one at a time, not just the ones you addressed in here. So you're going through this document. Are there questions that you had in this document that were unanswered? Uh, I have questions about some of the answers. Okay, yeah. so if, if you want clarification on that, that you think is sort of... Uh, I think it makes sense if we go through the memo. So we can just do it page by page. And see but this isn't every measure, right? All the measures are here in a different document with their original wording. Well, the, yeah, I mean, every measure is in the April 17th memo. Okay. It's just that my so you just want changes me. are in that. Okay, that's, uh, that's fine. So uh, I'm trying to make sure that we, and we were assured by the consultants long ago that, uh, that pursue is an action word. And so it's... Let's start with the first measure, RE1. Yeah, that's okay. what I started with. Okay. I suggest that we change when funding is obtained to say pursue funding to increase. Um, and then at the bottom, uh, there's footnote four at the, the bottom of the page, and the, the consultants have clarified what they meant by municipal and community in that, uh, in the, the, the last sentence of that. So I'd say we'd say measure not quantified because the county government operation emissions of measure RE2 are a subset of community emissions in Measure RE1 and take out the IE commercial 
I think we're having, I'm, we're a little bit confused on what document you're on at this point. Yeah. Yes. Using I'm, his this I'm using, using <clears throat> what the he's one that has my comments. Oh, he's using his comments. And has my, which we got this morning. So should we agree my, or disagree on, should we get a consensus before we move on? I, yeah. that's a, exactly. Because I don't want to have to go back and No, no, no. What I'm suggesting is this. something doesn't bring me proof. So go in order, let's have an agreement or, or not on what your notes are so that we don't have to revisit them. What? Because this what? is going to go on Dis forever. Yeah, no. Disagree if you disagree. I think okay. It's well, wait, whoa. I did, let's. See what the other commissioners did. I took my notes on our packet, not on Tim's notes. Yeah. So I am starting with the original Fine. language. So I think um, it's a little bit confusing to be starting with something that's all, that there are already recommendations for changes to. So it's fine i think that's fine mm -hmm. they're in green right any yeah. changes you've made are in green yeah okay except, except suggesting the, today <laughs> okay so let, let's just get kind of get all on the same page so has everybody had a chance to look at this yes yes okay so does anybody have any concerns different from the concerns that Commissioner Laddish is About. discussing, which really are uh, focused on the funding aspect. A lot of them are. Yeah. Well, on this item. Oh, yeah, RE1, yeah. So we're in agreement with measure RE1 that we're going to convert 14% of existing residential grid electricity and 18% of existing commercial grid electricity to renewable electricity by 2030, which is seven years from now. Is so that, it's all is, happening. And I, that was one of my questions was we have no data in front of us to show us what has happened since 2018 to, oh. to 2030. Like how many homes or businesses have already installed renewables? How, you know, are there EV charging stations being installed to just talk globally. We don't really have that data, but it should be available to us. It is assuming that a permit was pulled for those things. I can I can provide the planning commission with uh, the um, um, permits that have been issued for uh, um, uh, solar panels over over the last five years. We we keep that data, and it's quite a lot of it. It's 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 more common. Yeah, there has been. And then there's also solar farms where there are large uh, right. exactly. congregation of, of panels. So, so it does currently exist. And we asked them to increase these numbers from, from the previous yeah, I saw that. that they suggested. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like that's something we have already kind of agreed to. And so okay. now and, it's a massaging okay. of, so I, that, I think that was your question. Right. Did and we I, already and I would that? point out too, that this sort of measure, uh, the convert 14% and 18, et cetera, we, in the body of the measure, we are not saying each business in Murphy shall do this or each, yeah. each resident must do such and such. These are, by, by using these, the uh, strategies that are obtained there, uh, we are hoping and expecting 
to meet the goal that's stated in the first thing. But it's not one where we're taking people's chainsaws away. <laughs> so I'm going to say that I don't believe when funding is obtained is pertinent to this issue because it's talking about the community at large taking measures. We're, that sounds like something the county is funding, and that's not what this that's not what measure is. is about, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I so I feel that the existing wording proposed by the consultants is acceptable. Well, who is going to increase that? Who is going to the community is going to do it, and they're already doing it. And they're they're already they are seated what we're supposed right. to do. They are going to encourage on site. I read this as the county shall. I think the county can encourage, but the, we're, we're the measure is to increase the use of renewable energy, period. Whoever does it, however it gets done. But I think mm -hmm. that it is happening, and it's already... You know, in terms of new construction yeah. and new projects, it's already yeah. mandated. The reason I put in the funding thing is that if, if the county is going to take any actions, it's going to cost money, and that's that's why, uh, that's why I put in what I'm suggesting now is pursue funding to increase. Then I would say that if you want to add that, it belongs in the sentence that begins with, um, I don't even think you need money for encourage, but mm -hmm. perhaps we, we could talk about um, the county obtaining funding to develop a robust renewable energy program that provides outreach, mm -hmm. financing opportunities, and technical assistance. That would make yeah. sense to me. Yeah, right there, put it there. Works. Okay, that works. Pursue funding right. to develop a robust. Sure. Okay. Or obtain whatever you wanted. Whatever we agree is an action word. Okay. Um, RE2, I have no suggestions. Everybody okay with, with RE2? RE2. My only um, thing would be maybe it sounds like we're listing the four things, but there is probably there other things more. coming, and yeah, so right. we should include the flexibility of, for ex maybe instead of saying including, could say for example, yeah, for example. or including this yes. and other so increase, applicable options. Increase renewable and carbon-free energy generation. Right, including wind, solar, hydro, biomass, and others and other. would be fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow, and that's easy. R2, um, RE3, um, since it does talk about providing incentives and such, I, I think uh, it would be good to say pursue funding to provide incentives. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, so how would the county do that? So modify the county's development standards and zoning ordinances to provide incentives. So are they going to reduce the permit fees? No, no. I, I think we're, I think those are two different things. So we could pursue funding to provide incentives to facilitate projects. So that would be, Friends. we don't know what those incentives are. We haven't determined them, but we are already committed to modifying our development standards and zoning ordinance 
that's part of our general plan implementation. So. Okay, so now let's see. Uh, Wait, I, I'm sorry. So, but this this all ties back into that table that was on page 28, correct? So we're making decisions now, saying that you know we're we're supporting RE one and two and three, and we're going to incentivize people to do that, and it hopefully that's going to occur. It doesn't have to be money. You're you're right. It, the incentives may not be adopted by people. Is that what you're suggesting? Yes. yes. So I think, like, for example, on a larger commercial development or um, somebody putting in a large parking lot, you could incentivize including right. renewables in it by reducing the number of parking spaces they're required to have or allowing them higher density on right. the parcel. There, there are incentives that don't necessarily right. cost the county money. Right, and you know, having been a part of CPPA for a number of years, there are grants there to yes. retrofit lights and, and things. So I, I think there are things available. Um, one of the things that I would suggest, and I'm not sure if you can do this, is there needs to be an awareness that occurs also we have that in it's here. It's in here and I just yeah, We're going to get to that. Okay. That's all, those are the supportive measures. Okay. Okay. Community okay. outreach okay. to... You're right. There is. You're right. There is. There is. Yeah. I, you're right. You're right. You'll remember when we get yes. to yes. walk back. There's, there's a lot to remember. Yes. yes. So, so the footnote four that goes with RE2, yeah. just as a clarification in which the consultants have uh, clarified a question I had, the last sentence says measure not quantified mm -hmm. because municipal. Mm -hmm. We can substitute county government operations to make it clear what we're talking about. Uh, emissions of measure RE2 are a subset of community and then take out IE commercial with community. There it looks like it, all community emissions are commercial. And that, doesn't see, appear to be the same. Where are you reading? From the bottom of page of footnote four. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Measure at the last sentence. Oh, excuse me. Footnote six. Six, yeah. 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 It is footnote six. Uh, okay. I take it back. Okay. Right, that's footnote six. Footnote six. Measure not quantified because yeah. the municipal, uh, change municipal to county government operations. Okay. Yeah. Emissions are a subset of community emissions, taking out IE commercial. Okay. Sorry, the confused. So, are we good with R one, two, and three? Yes. Yeah. Basically, with those comments. Okay. Four. You, I see no comments. Okay. Nope. R E is Finally. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm fine with that one. EO, EO1, conduct outreach and education. Um, I, I would again suggest that in the, uh, in the large paragraph, we say pursue funding to conduct blah, blah, blah. Because these are all things that would be the obligation of the county to do. You mean in the second paragraph? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want the county to do everything that's required, but I don't want the county to go bankrupt in the process of doing exactly. it. Exactly. Any problems with that? Mm. I don't have a problem with pursue funding. Except I feel like they have to do this anyway. I mean, you have to do it whether you're able to get funding for it or not. These are not her, most of this is not horrendously expensive. Because this is all increasing awareness kinds of things. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's all educational. It's county programs. Yeah. 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 And, and we can accomplish some of these through the permitting, mm -hmm. through the permitting process anyway. And do you have enough staff to be able to implement this educational program? Are we going to have to do it? Okay. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do it. I don't know. Then I should think you need some funding to do it. Are you nodding to that? It gives you wiggle room if you put the funding part in. Yeah, it does. It does. So I'm interested in the temporary with your staffing. Oh, what was that? Chelsea, could you say that again? I believe that pursuing funding was a whole presentation. Okay. So if you need to also procure additional staffing, um, that could be part of the alert function of the fund here. Okay. So what's that about? So pursue funding and add staff. If there's funding available, that's yeah, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want that yeah. budget. It just gives you a little wiggle. It does. It does. it does. Okay. EB1. Easy one. EB1, uh, I just inserted a clarification that we're not going to uh, uh, reduce existing and new commercial energy use by 10% as far as renewables. So I'm, I'm suggesting we put all sources except renewables. Are we looking at EB1? EB1, EB1. Uh, the, yeah. the first sentence. So I, I, um, the, I think the all sources belongs there because there are consequences to even using renewable energy. And the first step is always to reduce the amount of energy used versus just adding more and more source energy, but even renewables create more waste. They, particularly batteries, but solar panels mm -hmm. that have to be manufactured, mm -hmm. which takes mm -hmm. energy. So all sources to me is the appropriate term here. All right. Mm -hmm. I, you get to weigh in too. I, I said I agree. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, that works. Um, and then EB2, I have no problem with. I didn't write anything, so I must have thought it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. EB3, uh, I again had except renewables then in that first, and I would guess that uh, we would, given what was just said, mm -hmm. not do that. Uh, all that is needed then, from my point of view, is uh, in the sentence, it says, reduce existing residential and commercial energy use, all sources, by 10% and 15%, comma, respectively, I would add. Oh. 
So, so should we go back to one of Michelle's comments for the second paragraph, the county will pursue funding uh, if available to help? I mean, one of those things that, I mean, because some of this is... It's in the next line. The county will pursue your funding. Right, well, right, to help facilitate. But I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this measure is dependent upon the county. I mean, so is it understood? Do we all assume that, you know, when they, that this measure cannot be implemented until the county receives funding? I, maybe I'm picking, maybe I'm just... You could make progress on it even without funding, but we're, what we're suggesting is we could probably make better progress if the county pursued some funding and helped right. develop a program to... Okay. That's that's what earlier. Because you know one of, one of my concerns is and uh, and it was mentioned in one of these memos is that you know life expectancy of appliances. It's going to be in the next one. Yeah, it's the next one. Okay, so you want me to wait to ask that question? I'm just saying you're going to get to okay. really make it tie in next. Time. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll stop. Actually, uh, I mean, Commissioner Chairman, the the the, the um, so the, the county is going to have collaborators. Uh, you know, the, 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 um, because everybody's buying into this. So the county is going to play its part. Uh, the companies that manufacture appliances, um, you know, uh, I remember the, the, the time we went into the, 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 the um, uh, the low flushing toilets. Uh, you know, they replace your toilet if you wanted a new one for no charge. Yeah. And I think the same thing is happening with old refrigerators that are being taken away. And when you go and buy another one, they replace it with a more energy efficient refrigerator. The thing is, the same thing is going to happen to appliances. And those uh, companies uh, are going to be in partnership with the county so that you know, so so everybody's on the you same page. You want to be able to buy something. No, I mean, I, that, you're right. I mean, when you look through that, the reality is what's being produced is more energy efficient. Mm -hmm. So really what this what this is, yeah. I, it's yeah. not as disturbing it's as not, it's not it's not it's, That's the only thing you're going to be yeah. able to purchase. Yeah. I mean, totally, yeah. We just hope it doesn't drive up the cost so much that, yeah. Yeah. So implement an equipment time of replacement a self-correcting thing so mm -hmm. yeah. I, i'd suggest though that it makes I, more sense if we move the last paragraph to be the topic sentence for the first for uh, move it up to the very beginning so begin with by 20, 20, 20, 25 by yeah because that 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 sets the goal and then the rest of the the rest of the uh measure so talk and, about how you're going to achieve that goal. And I, I would agree with that. And I have um, some additional language I would like to see added to that that says with exceptions for high elevation mm -hmm. locations, because at this time, electric options are not really practical at no, high elevation. Exactly. Well, well, what I was suggesting, and maybe this covers what you're saying, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. that the the sentence we've now moved to the top would be by 2025 adopt an ordinance that requires add equipment end of life in areas with electric utility electricity electricity utility service 
Right. Residential and commercial. But, but, but right. communities like Arnold and Dorrington. Well, Arnold and Dorrington are no problem for electrical. No, but I'm just thinking about electricity viability, yeah. though, mm -hmm. and not to have the ability to heat with propane or some other source. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's what you were getting at. No, I'm getting at that it you it does not make practical sense to install heat pumps yes. as your heating source if you're in Tamarack. Right. Because you need to protect it from the snow right. and right. that the difference in temperatures is too great for it to really be practical. But that's changing and every year. So we need to have something that just says until practical or until feasible or something. Because to force people to put in something that's not going to work for them doesn't make sense. Okay. So, um, so, so, so what, what, what should that paragraph read then? If it starts well, I, with... Uh, obviously, what I was just suggesting isn't broad enough. Uh, so, uh, okay. I, you know, we clearly we can't have things a requirement that things be, be, be replaced in areas replaced with electric appliances in areas where we don't have electric service. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I, I put, that my, my language put that in, but your concern is broader than that. My, my concern is that maybe by 2025, actually, some of my concern will go away, but just that we provide exceptions for yes. um, environments in which uh, mm -hmm. areas appropriate equipment isn't available. Right. Right. I'm sorry, we really made that messy. We might need to reword so that, that to a, send to them. That would be a, a second sentence in what now is the first. <laughs> so so yes. what, I, what I have so far, and, and you can add to this, um, by 2025, adopt an ordinance that requires residential and commercial fossil fuel powered space and water heating appliances to be replaced with electric alternatives at time of replacement, except at high elevations. Now, in between, I, there, would, I think would we say, have yeah. to say we have to um, provide for the future by saying, unless appropriate equipment is not available. Whether you want to squeeze that, just at the end, at, at time end. of replacement, except. And appropriate equipment is not available because it might be available by then. Well, we also and and where electrical utility service is not available. Yes. <laughs> in there somewhere. There's not many places, but there are people who are off grid. So That's off grid great. would be the or electric service is not available. It's fine. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Okay. Hmm. Uh, All right. Uh, NC one. I think. I think we are we done with. Um, I guess we don't in that sense. EB reference to equipment end of life. I think that that's fine at equipment end of life. Okay, so place. requires comma at equipment end of life. It already says that at equipment end of life replace twenty three percent. Are you? Are you somewhere else? Hmm. Are you at forty-five? Are you at the big... What's now the first sentence? Oh, you're trying to. 
by 2025 to adopt an order that requires residential and commercial fossil fuel space requires to be replaced. Residential. Yeah. Okay. And then it can probably come out of the other area or. We will send them a reworded. Yeah, no. Okay. Okay, so now we're into what was the first paragraph of EV4. Um, and I think it would be a lot clearer, and this the consultants have, have clarified in answer to my questions, but this is really what they meant, is to have that say, require ad equipment end of life replacement of 45% um, of existing residential and commercial natural gas and propane water. Okay. Otherwise, it, otherwise it looks like the county's replacing existing residential. Oh, yeah. You just wanted to say require, require to be replaced. Require at equipment end of life replacement of 45%. That's fine. We're not. Yes. County will not be replacing it. And then the same thing for the next sentence. Require at equipment end of life replacement of 23% of natural gas propane. So... Are we concerned at all, or, and you can, I don't think I've skipped ahead this time, but are we concerned at all about whether or not the grid's going to be able, I mean, a lot of this is having alternative energy development sources, correct? So if someone doesn't, and we move away from propane and, and all those other sources that people can use, and the only alternative is electricity, is that going to impact the grid unless something else occurs? And should we have language that helps support that? I actually have a whole global comment about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all settled. But I was trying not to throw that in the mix. Basically, uh, not not just the grid, but again, that there may be other alternatives besides electricity at some point. Right. right. It, and right now, electricity is our default. I am old enough to have been through the electric conversion a couple of times already, and then we swing back. Not sure. and yeah. Yeah. I, I think our real goal is to decarbonize, so not burning fossil fuels. Right now, the only thing that we have is electricity, right. really, for that. But it, it may be possible at some point that there is a, a fuel that is cleaner, like hydrogen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I I wanted to maybe include some kind of global statement somewhere right. that we use electrification as a shorthand, but our real goal is decarbonization, and we would consider alternatives as they became available. Mm -hmm. 
very, very specific language included in the Climate Action Plan to that. If you'll note that these measures only move you so far, percentage-wise, as far as the conversion. There, there is that other percent that will still need to be captured in the longer term. And then in the main body of the Climate Action Plan itself, it recognizes that this cap doesn't get you to full decarbonization by 2045. That is because there will be new technologies, new fuel sources that will emerge over time that will also be incorporated to achieve that full decarbonization by 2045. So there is a whole paragraph that references that for you. And, and does it also address the uh, reliability of the grid? Um, I mean, we can talk about that. We don't really include, you know, things that are so far outside of the control. What we're trying to do is we're trying to leverage existing state law. And in this instance, the state law is SB 100, which calls for the entire um, all the power in California to be renewable by 2045. And so we're leveraging that law here and to do that. The grid is going to be controlled by either industrial utilities or other local utilities that will need to, based on you know the market economy, have a system that's uh, sufficient in size to be able to support their customers. So, but perhaps we we could include some kind of statement that says that these requirements will be contingent upon. There being reliable yes, grid so energy right, available, right, right, or incentives for renewable energy yeah, available I, I to to make it reliable for I people. Agree. I agree. So, I think that's a there's statement in the implementation portion of this that speaks to the fact that. This climate action plan will be monitored over time, one, through the implementation of measures, and two, through subsequent greenhouse gas inventories, to see how the county is tracking with the climate action plan. And then there's a catch-all that says, you know, if any of these measures don't, you know, aren't achievable, or there's a, a change in direction needed based on new technologies, the climate action plan will be updated at that time. And that's the catch-all there. So we're not held in perpetuity to this. Instead, this is a plan to track your progress with. And then as soon as you're not tracking appropriately, you just update the cap, you erase measures that don't work, you incorporate new measures that new measures or new technologies or what have you that will work and make that a adjustment at that time. I have a question on that score. Um, Mr. Feldman, um, the, uh, the language that you were just referring to, is that in a draft of a document that we have not seen, or is that somewhere in this memorandum? Understanding is that SBC is preparing the implementation plan, but we need to finalize the measures before we develop that. I see. This is the Okay, and then um, I want to make it clear that what we're doing is a greenhouse gas reduction plan, and that's I, to avoid any confusion. I think it's important that we refer to it as the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Plan, or the GHD Reduction Plan. Uh, yep. not, 
Apologies, you're right. Terminology is, is important. Uh, greenhouse gas reduction plan. So I think um, in that catch-all that you're discussing, the reliability of the grid could be, or adequacy of the grid, could be included as something that would require us to rethink our implementation, modify our implementation plan. Because Yes. That seems like a this, this is your plan. You can incorporate that language. In general, just based on our experience, we try to be a little bit more general so you can catch more beneath the statement yes. rather than the specificity that you're going out that you can do whatever you want, for sure. Well, I think just it could just be included, like you were saying, um, with the advent of new technology, with, you know, if there are challenges with the grid, availability of grid power, whatever. All, I think we could put a couple examples without limiting it to those. Yeah, and like, so that catch-all text that Eric was mentioning would go into plan documents. So there's like, what you're going through right now is like the direct specific route of the measures that are Incorporated in the overhead plan with that additional overarching caveat language and talking about as you monitor and track and go that adjustments can and will be made according. That's perfect, I yeah, think. So I'm not sure of what the intent of uh, how this plan is going to become public. Um, my hope is is that this is distributed. Um, it's already public. It's, it's already public. It's draft. This draft is. And so, GHGRP hasn't been released yet. This is just the measures. Okay. So, but if the measures. discussion to be included in it will be your draft GHGRP to be released for public over So, my suggestion would be to as many places as possible, instead of having a catch all at the end if there are pertinent measures that would say dependent on the reliability of the grid or whatever that catch-all phrase is, I think it needs to be included so that when people read this, um, they'll know right away instead of going, because they may not read the whole thing. She's saying it will be in the implementation because these are just... Oh, so the, impl implementation. the implementation will be a plan that will take these and create a plan and it will have overarching language that talks about how the plan can be modified and okay. time. Okay. It, is that right, Kelsey? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So NC1, um, again, I suggest, as with the previous one, that the, the second paragraph be moved up the first because it's, uh, it's providing the overall goal and then the second uh, paragraph to the other. I would, I would add, since it would require the county to provide incentives to, again, put the magic words in and pursue funding to provide incentives um, at the very beginning of the sentence we're moving to the top. Then in the, the other paragraph, I started with saying through incentives achieve participation. So it's clear that those are tying together 
And then my suggestion of, of inserting except renewables, I guess, would, would, again, would meet the same objection you had. So we'd I'd take out those right. proposals. And that, that would take care of NC1 as far as I'm concerned. So you're swapping them and you want us not to provide in, pursue funding to provide incentives. Mm -hmm. Although the example easing permitting requirements does not but that is require funding. <laughs> but that's but that's an EG. No, I understand. So, I I'm okay with that. <laughs> I actually wrote down what are other examples of incentives, but that's that's for another time. That's okay. for the implementation. Okay. Okay. NC two. Um, uh, again, this, if this is the last time I'm going to be saying this, uh, it it uh, makes more sense to reverse the order of the paragraphs or the sentences. Um, and since we're asking to incentivize, I would say pursue funding to incentivize. I think that new codes that are going to require it in very few years are going to be a <laughs> pretty good incentive yeah. on new construction. Uh-huh. Anyhow, that, that's my suggestion. And that's fine. Okay. What do you, you guys find yeah, with I'm that? Okay. Now, as far as NC3, I don't have, I mean, it's implementation measures from the general plan, and I really appreciate the care with which mm -hmm. the uh, consultants have put the provisions involving the implementation measures in here. Um, but it has measure NC3 not quantified. And I don't I don't see why it, 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 it's given a supportive of measures NC1 and NC2. It's it's not that's just not seen as a separate uh, separate measure no it's um i mean it's a supporting measure yeah okay if if, if, you, if we recognize that yeah it, it, it seems to me it's not just supportive it's it's providing additional guidelines but it might be covered so I mean, so, I mean, um, Eric or, or, or Kelsey, are we talking particulate matter here? Are we talking the PM10s and the PM2.5s in this area? Or are we talking about non-attainment uh, of, of those, uh, um, uh, of those uh, pollutants? I believe this is directed from the general plan. Okay. <laughs> it is, but it, it seems to me it's not just supportive. It's, it's providing additional guidelines to so supportive is two things right so supportive is one that it would support the implementation of other measures but we're also calling measures supportive if they are standalone they, they in general work for your cap but they don't have the appropriate language to support quantification of emissions reduction is there any suggestions you would have to 
add language that would do that? Because obviously, I'm looking for every reduction we can get. And uh, I'd have to go in and look to see if this one, if the reason that this one doesn't hasn't been extended is that it is another one of those double counting issues. Um, a lot of times, supportive means that this one has overlay with another measure, and we want to be we'll be specifically cautious about having anyone point to the fact that we could be overestimating your emission reduction from double counting. It sounds to me like it may be implementing a state requirement anyway. So it might it might, might be a double counting issue. Hmm. Although these are guidelines, but I I can see how. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know, my involvement didn't overlay the development of every single measure here. There's two other consulting firms, and so this wasn't directly in our purview. All right, well, it just, yeah. I want to quantify anything we can validly quantify. I'm committed to take your comments back and go in and, and do everything we can with you, you know. Okay, so just say that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah. if you could take another look yeah. at that one, that would be great. That's a valid point. Yeah, you could mm -hmm. score some points on this one. That, that's true. Okay, NC4. NC4, um, my new suggestion is on the first sentence achieve use of EPA rated wood stoves in all new residential buildings with wood stoves. <laughs> we don't have to read this in the we're requiring wood stoves in all new residential buildings. So they're already required. Wood stoves are required? No, EPA rated wood stoves are already no, no. required. But this would, this is would say you have a, this would say you have a new residential building, you need to put in an EPA rated wood stove, whether I, you want a wood stove. Yes, we want to re reword it that when a wood stove, but, just, but I think how we could how it would make it more useful would be to require that wood stoves and fireplaces be EPA 2 or whatever the current rating is, since there are different EPA ratings, um, be required in new construction. But I think we have to accept the low density rural uh, development because we allow them to use products right. that are um, yeah. reclaimed, reused, yes. no, wouldn't necessarily have that rating. Right. Uh, but the issue is that fireplaces are not required to meet EPA guidelines. Wood stoves are required and are not even being sold currently in California unless they do meet that requirement. Jeez. But fireplaces aren't, and many larger developments use the little um, pressed metal, zero clearance kind of fireplaces, and those never meet EPA guidelines. So mm -hmm. if we wanted to have a substantive measure, we would say that wood stoves and fireplaces would be required. They would also be more appropriate if you're using them as a heat source when um, the power is out, because they provide actual heat, whereas the little zero clearance ones don't provide much in the way of heat. We're going to have to come up with specific language there. 
Well, I think all we have to say is when um, require any installed wood stove or fireplace to meet current EPA ratings in new residential buildings from 2020. <laughs> So with a fireplace, Michelle, they can't put like a catalytic converter on the top of the chimney to kind of catch those gas. I mean, so a fireplace. No, is it has other. to be built into the fireplace, and they are. There's many are fireplaces there? available that meet those requirements. A real, I mean, a, a old-fashioned fireplace meet those standards. And not an old-fashioned fireplace. You can't install an old-fashioned fireplace anymore. It has to have doors on it, oh. outside air. There's a lot of oh, okay. other requirements. So, the, the, the so fireplace. It, there's no such, no such. I'm sure. I'm sure. Especially you can have something that looks like an old-fashioned fireplace, right? But functionally, is not you can't install a fireplace in California that does not meet the current requirements, which are mostly energy efficiency requirements so that they have doors mm -hmm. and they use outside air for combustion except under certain circumstances. But you can do all that and still have a fairly inefficient unit. But most people that are putting in a fireplace are buying a fireplace unit and yeah. putting it in. So you could build a custom one from masonry and still incorporate all those things into it. Okay. I, you rarely see that done. Okay. Okay. But, so I think the second part already really says what it needs to say. It says require all wood burning appliances, including fireplaces in new residential construction to be EPA rated appliances mm -hmm. as except as provided in the housing element for off-grid construction. And we would just need to say, or the low density rural residential. Limited density owner belt. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Too many words so in that one. Would that, could we just get rid of the first sentence then to achieve use of? Well, just, if, it, if it restates it better in the second sentence. The timing. Yeah, I was going to say, we just need to add the timing into the other sentence, and I sure. think you'd be good to go. Yeah, it would too. Maybe. Okay, you will do the two good eye on this one. I, I, I will try. I haven't kept track of it. Okay, into transportation. Michael's going to keep his eye on it. Hmm? You're going to keep your eye on that one, right? Oh, yeah. I, I will. Okay. I'll put a little story there. Now, I, it looks as if I've rejected all of what the uh, consultants have suggested in transportation. It's just that I've reorganized and rewrited it and, and changed changed a few things. So it just was easier for me to uh, type up a replacement TR1. Um, I don't know how the commission wants to handle this, but I, I, as I say in my comments, the, the should I go into what I can? Let me just ask the, the whether the people who drafted this, they have problem with 
my suggestions and what problems do they have, I think is. I have lots of questions about this one. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, so, I'm, shall we go through my suggested version? So this for TR1? Yes. Yes. If you don't mind, point out that we do need to retain percentage reduction goals and yeah. due dates to be quantified. We do, we do need to retain that. Yeah. Um, and I think we can, but I think the, that by having this plan impose a, uh, uh, a requirement that there be 751 new charging port installations within the county uh, without uh, a county uh, group studying the matter and coming up with exactly how many we need and where they are. Uh, Commissioner Ladish, uh, CCOG has put out an RFP and has selected a consultant to actually do this specific work. So they are analyzing locations in the county to have EV charging stations, and they will determine how many EV charging stations there would be based on information that we provide to them, uh, based on necessity. So it would not be unusual to find that all county-owned facilities would have charging stations in them uh, including the ones that we lease, potentially. So that work is already uh, is already on the way. Uh, so we're not reinventing the wheel in that particular well, direction. No, but if we if we adopt what was suggested, mm -hmm. there's a set number already, right? Uh, in it, and that's why I'm suggesting right. and, and that add additional studies such as what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm suggesting that it become part of the. Uh, oh yeah. The well, electric vehicle infrastructure implementation plan. Absolutely. That the uh, that that has been suggested, um, and that ninety nine that apparently came from the uh, Central Sierra plan. Yeah. Uh, seems like a good start, but that establishing as uh, was suggested an electric vehicle infrastructure implementation plan that is, is part of that plan uh, to look at the individual uh, situations within Calaveras County and determine the, the exact number of additional charging stations that's necessary and location um, that pertaining to local uh, conditions uh, I mean, the, the 751 uh, comes out to one charging station for every 1.3 square miles in Calaveras County, and an awful lot of those miles are square miles or forest lands, ridgelands, uh, mm -hmm. mountains, yeah. et cetera. And so sure. it, it just, I think yeah. for people to accept this plan, they need to accept that, that somebody with a knowledge of local conditions are going to determine exactly how many more we need and where we need them and that that will make it uh, 
a lot easier to accept the plan. And I think, uh, as, as I would uh, uh, suggest, that the, the electric vehicle infrastructure implementation plan um, would, uh, that they, that plan would, would end up having this roughly the same reduction values as just the flat 751. Maybe there will be 751 total, but maybe through placement in efficient places and, and serving specific local needs, maybe we can uh, accomplish what we're trying to do under TR1 is to, uh, is to accelerate the growth in the numbers of the EVs and zero emission vehicles. And uh, I think that it could well be that with, say, 692 or something, uh, charging stations, we would accomplish the same level of incentivization, if there is such a word, as we would uh, with just this flat 751. But let it, let it be determined by the uh, electric vehicle infrastructure implementation plan taking into account uh, the goal, the 2030 GHG reduction goal, which I've written into it. Well, I, I in general agree with you. And um, I think that the uh, appropriate course of action for that we face with the climate action plan is the use of this plan for sequel streamlining and the need for it to be supported by substantial evidence as far as the overall greenhouse gas reduction claim. And so that movement of charges that's put in there is our nexus or the tie to our quantification of the reductions from that measure. We have reviewed other studies and they basically provide a per charging station factor for adoption of EVs. And so we back calculate that number of charging stations to match up with that substantial evidence that is um, being leveraged to come up with the greenhouse gas reduction. If we have a number there, we're coming up with a reduction number that isn't supported by any evidence. It's just a number. So um, we can do that, and you can do that with your plan, even in a qualified climate action plan. I just point out that there's a potential risk that someone might say that this number isn't supported by substantial evidence. So, Eric, could could a compromise be um, taking in Commissioner Landish's comment regarding a geographical location to say not to exceed a number of charging stations mm -hmm. that would you need a minimal. I mean, our minimum. Yeah, minimum. <laughs> I'm sorry. A minimum number of charging stations, you know, um, so that it, it meets the intent of, of your study and what the commissioner is, is suggesting. I mean... Uh, and, and I have something that might further complicate this. <laughs> this is talking about only publicly accessible mm -hmm. charging right. stations, oh, but sure. there are people put every day. I, I haven't done a remodel project Did in some time. It didn't include installing 
um, either the charger or at least preparing for the possibility of having a charger. And so do we have any sense of how much of this is happening just organically already for particularly second homeowners and, we, and uh, primary? We may have the, we may have the data through building permit records. Sure. Yeah. So it, mm -hmm. it might be that because it talks about it, it uh, serving both residents and visitors, but we do have a lot of second homeowners who are both residents and visitors. And I think that the numbers might not be so startling if we look at it that way. And but I think, think with somebody's French and second home, charge was more accessible to visitors. But it's um, still supporting the electrification of, right. of transportation because it's allowing people who are second homeowners to bring their right. electric vehicle up here. The goal of this is to incentivize electric vehicles and, yeah. and having, having existing chargers in a, in a private garage would uh, incentivize the a buyer of that property to have an electric vehicle. And, well, and could the incentive be something such as expedited permitting of that? And and I'm going to say it's going to be hard to quantify it. And and many people are putting them in without a permit because they already have 220 power available in their garage. Um, so it's a pretty easy thing. But is there some way? I'm not saying we should get rid of the, the publicly accessible piece. I'm just saying, can we quantify something that's already happening as part of this whole piece? Sure, and include it. And one thing, that, that, that there is a provision in, the, in both the consultants and my version, uh, consistent with the Calavera Streamline Permitting Guidebook of the yeah, CD, develop and maintain an expedited streamlined permitting process, and that would apply. Yeah, I, I have it. At the end of the day, what we're trying to promote here is an increased adoption of EVs, right? Yep. So um, I mean, we could change the measure to point to the level of adoption that we're looking to get. I, the limiting factor is, is, you know, the county tracks permits for EV chargers installs. It's harder to track the number of EVs that get purchased in the county. Um, but there could be some DMD data that we can try to leverage, but that would, that would be a, 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 way, a workaround so you don't have to have that number of chargers um, in place. Well, I think if we just said that, if we could say that, I don't know what the numbers, I'm going to make a number up, 15 or 20 percent of these chargers are happening in private residence anyway, or even in vacation rentals. Um, and then maybe that makes the number that needs to happen in public parking lots. And we we have a, a certain number that's happening because the county is going to install them for the use of their employees. And then maybe the number that need to go into existing parking lots becomes something more attainable, but still adds up to your 721 or whatever the number is. Well, we're not, I think Eric was saying that we could maybe not use that number, but come up with something that they could apply. 
And I'm, I'm afraid, Eric, that you're much more of an expert at doing that than we would be. <laughs> so it would be, it would be great to, to see your ideas, because I, th I think, uh, I think the Board of Supervisors is going to have a very hard time saying, oh yeah, we clear, we need 751 uh, charging stations. I, I have a thought, I just want to, based on the board's direction, I mean, the board's direction thus far has been proceed with, with getting this plan done and also make it available for CEQA streamlining. So the first priority, I'm sure, is the implementation of the general plan. And I'm starting to think that maybe Obviously, if we can get both, great. That's what the board has asked us to do. But if we're presenting a difficult political situation to the board, perhaps there's a way to have a chart or just say, here's what we can do to implement the general plan. If you do it this way, you'll implement your general plan successfully, but using it for SQL streamlining might not work as well. And it might be that the board would prefer to say goodbye to the streamlining before not adopting a defensible plan. I mean, so I'm just, I'm just saying there's... Could we get, get a number and say this will be made up by a combination sure. of... That would be great. This so of the, all these different things, and then, but we'll still get to the number, but not say something like 30% of the total right. spaces in every commercial parking lot. I mean, I, I think that's just going to have everybody thinking that's crazy in the next few years. Sure. I, I could well, and I mean, you know, I, I think what Eric is, is saying is that we need to keep the 99 and we need to keep the 652 to be yes. publicly accessible. Uh, I think what the commission is saying is that perhaps we want another way to quantify those facilities that are not publicly accessible but are still beneficial and whether or not that would provide us with even a higher reduction value than 39.5. Is that kind of what you're saying, Michelle? I, I'm saying I, whatever number we need to get to, do they all need to be publicly accessible? Or could we say we need to install 800 uh, chargers? Yeah. 20% of them are assumed to be being installed in existing residential. residential. 20% of them are going to be put in county facilities and the remaining 60% sure. would need to be in publicly accessible commercial parking lots or sure. other yeah, sure. facilities. Yeah. Um, I mean, could we get to the same number? Because it, the, it's the it says number. increase adoption. It doesn't say that they all have to be publicly accessible. That's something that has been added into here. Yeah, yeah. So Eric, uh, going back to your Nexus analysis, uh, does what uh, the chair is saying make sense? Yeah, I'll have to look at the, the, the studies that we're leveraging to, to get the nuanced language to be confident in how they proceed there. You know, we did, we've done our quantification, we've gone through with a you know, fine-tooth comb to make sure the language meets the bill so that we're providing a perspective, the, the most defensible pathway for this climate action plan. And so each little tweak provides some nuance there that we would have to back check. 
Well, perhaps we could pick it up if we could have even more of them, re yeah. a bigger number. Reasonably. And I wonder if does an EV charger installed in a lodging facility or at a lodging facility <laughs> qualify as publicly accessible? Hotels and lodges. Oh, yeah, that'll be public. Can we put the chargers? Because we see them being installed in places that are for like restaurant patrons or, yeah. Uh, yeah. or and lodging, particularly. I I think anything we could do that still tries to get the same number of charging stations installed to meet the criteria, but can show it as being made up by different sectors would be helpful. So then we get to who, who's going to draft that? I mean, it sounds, oh, it sounds like Eric can check into what, what, what they used as the basis and they can tell us yes or no, that's yeah. possible. Eric, I don't know if you can see us on the screen. We're all pointing at your name on the screen. Yeah. Eric. Exactly. Oh, no, he's gone. He's coming. I'm trying to know. Let's see. I, I didn't see the screen. I'm here. <laughs> Great. Yes, we're happy to take any of your comments back. What we're trying to do is, is make sure that we provide the most defensible pathway. Um, and what we can do is flag if these changes might um, impact that defensibility. And then that can be a decision on how to proceed from there. Sure. And so when you do the flagging of defensibility, could you distinguish between will work for general plan goal versus defensibility for CEQA streamlining? Because they're two different so, things. So for general plan goal, you know, the flexible document sounds to me to be available. What I'm specifically speaking to is CEQA streamlining. Thanks. Thank you. Excellent. But I, my understanding is we meet the, the general plan requires us to come up with a greenhouse gas reduction plan that meets the, the state's goals. Um, but yes, is there yes. additional requirements for so that? So the sequence yes. streamlining has more, has stricter quantification requirements um, than, the, than the goal that the general plan is tied to. And the board knows that there's a distinction. They wanted both. And obviously that would be great for future development too, if we could get to both. Mm -hmm. But I, I just want to make sure the board has all of its options and, and is, if it's necessary, able to distinguish between implementing the general plan versus um, hanging on to the sequel streamlining. And so I want to be able to you know, break that down for them so that at the very least they can implement the general plan if they have to make a compromise. So. And I'll just point out that the, this target of defensibility is an arbitrary target that is open to interpretation by any judge out there. I'm not an attorney. I've been involved with a number of climate action plans, greenhouse gas reduction plans, and cases around secret streamlining as a consultant. So I'm trying to guide as best I can with the language we have. At the end of the day, 
the concept of defensibility and and the adoption of this plan falls to city or community attorneys and you know the board of supervisors and and the planning commission so i'm, I'm happy to flag based on our experience but i'm not, at the end of the day this is your plan um that's going to be adopted by the sequence streamlining would only happen once we've actually determined what our um, significance thresholds are going to be and that's the thing that would have to be defensible based on our use of this provision of CEQA so right. it's that would be a later step not the actual plan is that is that right yeah, the rubber hits the road is is on a project by project basis, and okay. that project that is using your greenhouse gas reduction plan to not do a, a CEQA analysis for greenhouse gases. And I think yeah, the plan does it just a few steps. First step being CEQA strong is doing what we're doing the plan measure or asking for, which is preparing. A GHG reduction plan that meets state targets. Another step is going to be providing correct substantial evidence for the measures that have been discussed, and then also showing how and actively tracking and monitoring the plan as we've also discussed, and then on an individual project by project secret review of the doing an analysis to make sure once you've adopted that GHGRP and its respective measures, that that future plan of project is consistently and implementing the GHGRP measures. And so those are all the things that will make something available to be seeking that that makes sense for people. The, the streamlining is only for cumulative greenhouse gas Correct. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're still back on TR1 and what's going to happen next. Uh, so I think we can propose some language and some approaches. He can say, yes, that seems safe, or no, that does not seem safe. We can always take what we have, and after we get COG study, right. come back and see if we can modify it at that point and still in a way that seems like it's still achieving the goal. When, when would the study be done? Um, we had our first meeting i would say about two weeks ago and they were asking for they were asking some questions and so it's it's uh i'll probably say maybe by latest later this year or early next year but the board has to first sign off on these measure on a set of measures before the plan the plan yeah yeah but i think I think even if we keep the numbers that are in here so that it's and say publicly accessible, we should acknowledge the private and semi-private installations and they might even, whether they are non-quantifiable as just supportive or uh, we can quantify them, then maybe they give us even a little wiggle room somewhere at some point. Well, I, I have taken my crack at, uh, at redrafting this, but I'd be willing, uh, 
keeping in mind the, the Brown Act requirements, that I'd be willing to work with the chair in coming up with another draft since she has concepts that sound sound to me, but I'd have a hard time writing them down. But if the other members of the commission agree in concept to yeah. being a subcommittee yeah. to come up with a draft that be submitted mm -hmm. yes. to you. Um, that works. That works. That, that might be that. Although we want to get something back to these guys pretty promptly. Yeah. So. So we could, so you could have like the two of you working on a draft and then we would need <clears throat> Commission buy-in right. on that later. Yeah. It can't be shared. Right. Exactly. Not, exactly. So we we'll have to do it two weeks from now right. at our next meeting. And um, if, if we but we it, could uh, have our our whole bullet pointed notes from this meeting and just have it in there, right? I don't know. Uh, I'm not I think we must have actually a different idea. Internal timing and development of the timing of you know, getting things finalized in terms of the measures and what would be the ultimate use draft GHG RP. I just want to mention I'm the concern gone. Concern is getting it to the Board of Supervisors. I'm gone Sunday until Thursday. Or that, that's fine. So maybe a month from now. Yeah. 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 Right. I'm not, I'm not trying that, to commit you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe we can come up with something. Yeah, I think we should move along. So uh, I think we only have you guys for about another hour. Is that true? That's done. That was just two. Um, yeah, um, two. Eric, uh, Kelsey, you know, I kind of give um, <laughs> some. We in there, like, you know, because I don't think we could have accomplished all the things you were going to do within two hours, and you guys said, well, something reasonable, I would say that um, we would try to um, yeah. I think move, move quicker as we move along, but uh, maybe another uh, hour or so of your time, perhaps, unless you have obligations. I do have another obligation that I'll have to leave around 1234. Um, we were scheduled to do this for two hours till noon, but I'm, I'm happy to give you every ounce of my time that I have available and then follow you guys uh, if there's an opportunity to take notes as to other um, changes. We're happy to incorporate those or provide feedback. I, yeah, I'm glad that you provide consultants team in general providing feedback. Yeah, after this incorporation. Well, right. I think I think there's there's a lot of of measures between here and TR five that I think the the commission would probably go through and, and agree on changes. But TR five is the decarbonize off road equipment and vehicles, and I think that 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 is something that we really need to discuss with the consultants. Right. So I'm I'm looking at we are dealing with the two biggest areas right now, energy and transportation. So right. I think um, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, the others right. are less substantive, or or they contribute less to the overall numbers. Mm -hmm. that, that is true. So you want to 
Back Does anybody us. need a break or should we no, we're good. power through? We're good. Okay, let's go. So are we going to go to TR2? And... Yes, let's okay. see. Okay. Do we have, let's try to move through TR2 quickly then. Okay, I am, you know, I am suggesting in TR2 that lead by example by pursuing funding or decarbonize. Uh, Commissioner Ladish, that is already taking place. So we are, yeah, they are the county is working on this. They the county's already us. working on, on that part. But, because I agree with you, we have to, we have to, uh, you know, lead by example. Okay, I, I don't know. So of course, we don't need to wait for funding. They already have funding, they're already working okay. on We're it. They told working. us that. Okay. Okay. That's something. Okay. Is that also true as far as increased public transit mode share? Yes. Yes, uh, they. But well, we've got. I mean, what's proposed here would require massive amounts of funding. Absolutely. So I mean, it's it's. Yeah, we have to and, get it in there. And if we're going to if we're going to say, well, yeah, we're on a par with Aspen, Colorado, uh, we need a little outside help. And the CCOG is doing their own uh, yeah. analysis as we speak. So because this is well, and it says rely on funding through measures. TR six and yeah, but I, I would say at the very beginning of, of TR three uh, and. I would uh, consistent with the availability uh, of funding. Mm -hmm. Yes, develop a example. robust public yeah, transportation. Yeah. Um, I will defer to the, core, the the consultants, but it seems to me we've in the past we have to watch out that uh, uh, there's some magic language function to using the word pursue. And so that's why I have pursue, I would suggest, would say pursue privately. That's fine too. I, I'm fine with that. Okay. Um, Whatever language works to make it quantifiable. Yeah, exactly. So we're good, okay. all good with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and actually, I mean, it, it sounds like a wonderful world of, of Public transportation. Uh, I really don't have suggestions except one reference to TR one above, in uh, in number five. Okay. The um, the consultants have confirmed that that six percent is the figure that they're using for the quantification now. So that's good. Um, so I'm I'm fine with TR three. Okay, TR4. TR4. I'm fine with it. I would, on, on number three, I would add pursue funding to construct bikeway mm. and pedestrian system connections. They get money for this every year. Yeah. Okay, so we're already flush with that. We don't need it. I, I think we're good because there's active okay. transportation funding available for bikeways and okay. pedestrian stuff. Okay, then if nobody else has something on TR4, we are to TR5. See, I knew we'd get you there. <laughs> and, and TR5 has provided, now the, the consultants have, have clarified in the answer to my question, 
that the ordinance they're talking about in number one um, is the, the ban that they're talking about uh, is only for the diesel-powered small off-road equipment, uh, the ban by 2029. Mm -hmm. um, but by 2029, but as the, 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 my understanding, they still are asking for an ordinance to ban the local operation of gasoline and diesel off-powered equipment. And to me, uh, that's something that will never get past the Board of Supervisors no. and, and might cause enough controversy to, to uh, put off track the entire adoption of the greenhouse gas uh, reduction plan. So I have, I have put in a suggested change uh, that talks about incentivizing and, and tracking adoption of these sort of vehicles. That's the, the very latest suggestion that you just got this morning. Um, and uh, so I am, uh, I'm, I realize that the, that's going to possibly cause some problems in the quantification. And again, I think we can make up any, uh, <clears throat> any reductions in our reductions <laughs> okay. uh, by providing that no matter that if we drop below the 40% figure uh, of 1990 emissions, uh, that the uh, sequestration provisions would more than make it up, uh, even though we don't have a particularly quantified uh, amount for the, the sequestration. Because the sequestration is, is quite broad and would, uh, would result in, in major reductions. I, from what I understand from Eric, we can't quite put our finger on exactly what they would be by now, but I suggest that they're going to be more than enough to make up for anything we lose by uh, making the uh, TR5 politically acceptable. I don't think you're going to get him to say yes to uh, that. No, Tim, Tim, can, I, can I ask you a question, though? Um, on number one, what, what, um, what are your thoughts on what is considered to be off-road equipment? Because I think it might not be as, as critical as you think it is. What, what are you thinking off-road equipment uh, well, includes? That, that's... Those, that's the consultant's term, so you can ask them. I'm, I'm assuming that... Caltrans, et cetera, term. It's like uh, construction Right, and I was going to say that with, with landscape equipment, they're already, they're, already, they're already happening. I mean, you know, you, you have lawnmowers that are now electric. You've got happening. leaf blowers that are now electric. Does it so, back but it, and it, skip rotors are not. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah I mean, the bigger not. ones, yeah. But I mean, it well, they did say small. recreational vehicles also, right? Yeah. Both sure. are mentioned, yeah. Motorcycles. Yes. Motorcycles are on board. 
I mean, golf carts are nuts. So, that, so as, as, as we go back to the measure, it's decarbonization. So that's why we will be using non-fossil fuel equipment engines or a renewable type of fuel, like a renewable diesel or biodiesel. So this one's right, it's a combination approach for decarbonizing. I, I think the question of what counts as SOAR is going to be really critical for the board. They're going to need to know exactly what types of vehicles or machinery would be included and which would not. I, I, and I think it, like, it, it, they really would need a list of specific types of equipment before they could vote on anything like this. And I would point out that the consultants did a great job of uh, small of giving up the, or giving the definition of what's included in SOAR in their uh, responses that we got today. Um, so uh, that, uh, it, uh, let's see, SOAR is a specific term used by CARB and defined as spark ignition engines with rated power at or below 19 kilowatts and includes specific equipment types, e.g. lawn and garden equipment, portable generators, and pressure washers. Um, so we know not a lot more about SOAR now than we did before. Um, and I, I think we could put the ref reference to SOAR back in, but I, yes, I, We probably need some clarification as to what, just what equipment we're talking about. So we're also talking about chainsaws then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a way to list of centers. And then where is that? It's under, in our responses to the questions dated um, August 8th, it's under the response to question 14. So it's not the summer memos and responses to commissioner Yes, the store applicability fact sheet. Sorry. I, we, I very much appreciate your providing written answers to the questions, so it's very helpful. And I'll just point out that uh, the California Resources Board has established laws limiting um, the procurement of uh, fossil fuel solar equipment after 2024. Right. So you're not going to be able to purchase, but you still can use, correct? Yeah, CARB is not restricted to that. This measure would be restricting it. So what are we what are we trying to accomplish with this? I mean, I, I agree with with Tim that I think there's some, might be some political fallout. However, <laughs> however, my sense is that people who are in the industry are going to buy gas powered chainsaws, etc., because they won't be able to purchase them after 2024 in the state of California, and it doesn't preclude them from using them. Correct. So what are we trying to achieve? with that and in some cases it probably will never be probable that a logger can take 14 batteries out with him or her to fall trees so um 
what what is the intent of, of this measure then? Because we're not talking about heavy equipment at this point, correct? Yes, we no, we are. I thought sewer was small. Well, that's that's yeah. included. Okay, so now we are talking about heavy equipment. Yeah. We're including everything, everything okay. basically, it looks like. Uh, well, I mean, there, there, are two, there are two components to, uh, to item number one. One is a gradual phasing out mm -hmm. of the large equipment. And then the second one is banning of the small equipments by 2029. So I, I, I think the answer lies, would lie in what do we actually do with the phasing out process? And what triggers uh, a change from you know, uh, a gasoline engine for large equipment to uh, uh, one that is, you know, that, that is uh, uh, better for the environment. So that, all that language would lie in the, in the ordinance itself. And I think it would put into consideration some of the concerns that you have and that most people in this community would have as to the reliability of electric vehicles to do some really heavy duty farm work. Uh, it has been mentioned to me before that, you know, that don't even think about it. But so I, I think the way to balance those interests would be how do we phase those things out and, and what do we do when we when we do what do we offer in exchange for phasing out those those equipments? And by us, I, I mean the manufacturer, for example, you know, if, if you uh, if you're a caterpillar guy, uh, you know, maybe they have a program whereby if you're trading your old caterpillar equipment, you get, uh, you know, an electric one, if whatever. I, I don't know. It's just. So yeah. all that is already happening, but yeah. I think there's going to be relatively slow adoption oh, yeah. of that oh, yeah. because of the cost. Oh, yeah. And so, but I also think that in the end, Calaveras County won't be the driving force of this. You will be registering those vehicles mm -hmm. and the registration cost will be so high for a fossil fuel vehicle mm -hmm. that at some point it, it will start to make them make sense. Plus those vehicles will improve. But I just don't know if this timeline is realistic. Also mm -hmm. action number three underneath. If you know, action three, I mean, two that, does talk about determining things based on studies and availability. All right. Yeah. But I, I don't know, you know, Michelle, you don't, I, I, I like Tim's suggestion of, you know, the biofuel, the biodiesel as, as maybe as an alternative. Mm -hmm. um, Actually, that's written in there by the Yeah, they, oh, they yeah. have it in here. Okay. Um, I, I, I just worry about people's livelihood and the, the cost to replacement costs. Yeah. So I just think we need some language that says that, you know, that, that it's. We aspire to. Yes. But you banning know. is just not real. It's yeah, it's a word that's kind of. Ban has got yeah. me. That's why I'm, I, my well, suggestion was pursue funding to incentivize and track adoption of non-fossil fuels, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Um, I, I agree the, with that. The problem is the quantification. And, and But it's not that much. It's over by 45, it's 17 
thousand. I mean, can't we offset it somewhere else? Because well, that's the rural that's community like us ever adopting something like this. That's why I'm saying it should be offset by uh, at least an understanding that sequestration is going to result in a much more reduction. Yeah. Uh, You're looking at a then, then we're going to lose here yeah. by doing it this way. And we might have to suck it up and pay for the study to do the sequestration piece at some point. But, but Tim may be right, though. I mean, if we're looking at an overall number of reduction, yeah. you know, you, you might achieve that through the electrification or another. Wait, we're already at the top of what we can tolerate. We yeah. are not doing anything to right. increase our numbers increase, here. Right. So I yeah. I don't think that within this plan, we're gonna find You're not gonna find anything. this. Oh, we're yeah. going to have to add it in with a new measure or with sequestration at some point. Mm -hmm. But I agree, we cannot say that we're gonna ban the use of existing equipment even if it's no longer available for sale. I, I do, I see, at least in the construction industry, a huge adoption of battery operated equipment. I mean, that, that's absolutely true, yes. No, 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 but I was saying, but we were talking about chainsaws and things. I am seeing that adoption happening. Um, so I think a piece of this is, is happening. Absolutely. You know that that will happen and as it becomes practical and cost-effective to do, if, it, if there's a benefit to it, people are going to want to right. do it. And, and the trade-off will be you're not taking a gas generator out there firing up to build a house because right. you're using battery-operated tools. <laughs> you're that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and new trucks have, and there's a yeah. Uh, Eric, I'm putting you on the spot again. <laughs> um, have you had a chance to review my suggestion that just you would have gotten last night, if not this morning? Yeah, TR5, you're saying specifically? Yeah, TR5. Yeah, we saw it this morning. Okay. Um, do you have any, any rough guesses? I know this is not <laughs> what you do. Uh, and what we would lose by adopting a measure that's talking about incentivizing and tracking the adoption of these things instead of uh, banning them. So, um, it, they already have a lot. It's it's quite difficult to. I mean, again, what we're walking here is this line that's been developed because of the want to do the greenhouse gas streamlining. Yeah. Um, you know, what we have when we do quantifications, if we can point to things like ordinances, we can say, this is a mechanism when that is adopted that you can show that people will comply within a certain percentage. When we start moving away from hard and fast actions like that, we lose that effectively a number that we can point to, to that is used to quantify the emission reduction. So for incentivizing things, we can develop a number and we can quantify based on it, but those numbers are substantially lower than what you would see from the adoption of an ordinance. Um, mm -hmm. Again, 
that's only an issue if there was a project that was using your cap to or your greenhouse gas reduction plan to streamline the CEQA analysis of that project and someone pointed to it and said, you're quantifying this too much. If we pull that, that component out of this, then all these changes become quite easy because you have an aspirational plan that meets the needs of your community and you're going to be tracking it and you do the best you can. It's only in the case that there were to be a lawsuit associated on a project by project basis using this greenhouse gas reduction plan for CEQA streamline. So but that does impact your quantification significantly. Yeah, but we still need to meet our, our general plan goal, which requires quantification. You can, but you don't need as rigorous, substantial evidence yeah. if you're not facing lawsuits associated with uh -huh. You're not setting up a situation yeah. where someone's scrutinizing it. Um, I think if we can just soften it a bit and keep most of it, I can live with it knowing that it's aspirational. I think we just need an out, an out for like you have provided where it's not possible to do this or not economical or whatever the, I mean, it's just not feasible for every contractor to be able to, in the next seven years yeah. to have phased out all of this equipment well whatever yeah and but and ban is it is only 30 percent and then ban is just not a word to not be there yeah so julie there's going to be a group out there that's going to review this plan and if we strike the word ban out of this plan because we don't think it's in our best interest it could create a potential lawsuit I don't want to speak yeah. to that. I, 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 I'm, I'm just curious. The board would want us to, hmm. to talk about litigation exposure. I don't think it would be prudent for me to do that out loud without a vote of five commissioners. Okay, all right. I, I don't, but I mean, but, but Eric has posed the, the scenario that he's trying to create a defensible plan, and a defensible plan in his mind is this language so there's two there's two different things that the board has asked us to achieve one is to implement our general plan our general plan doesn't talk about the sequence streamlining piece it talks about meeting having a plan and there has to be some evidence that we're implementing our general plan we have to have a, a plan that basically looks like it reasonably and will we'll get us to the numbers, it has a reasonable chance of getting us to the numbers in, S, in the SB 32 build a 40% reduction by 2030. The separate ask, which the consultants, when they came on board early on said, do you want us to do this? And they, they asked Hawk, do you want us to also develop this plan so that you can develop some set thresholds for cumulative greenhouse gas emissions so that new projects coming in, instead of having to individually guess what their emissions might be, they would have a kind of a more set threshold. They'd have more certainty when it comes to the sequence analysis of those new development projects that might have air impacts. 
Okay, so a lot of new development likes CEQA streamlining or where you have significance thresholds that have already been analyzed under CEQA, they've already passed muster, those become automatic and you don't have to at the project specific level um, analyze all of their specific cumulative greenhouse gas emissions. You look at what their threshold will be based on, on the predetermined significance thresholds. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But that's that is an add-on. The CEQA um, the CEQA tiering option is something that a county can use if it has adopted a greenhouse gas plan. So the first piece is we have to have a greenhouse gas plan that meets the SB32 goals. The second part is if we have one, we can develop it, develop it to with a level of rigor that will satisfy the higher um the sort of higher standards for the the streamlining. So the streamlining is something separate that yeah. is a more rigorous quantification standards attached to it. The board wanted that because if we were doing this, they were hoping we could also provide sure. those significant thresholds sure. to new development. If it becomes politically too difficult for them to pass this as is, I think the first, my guess is the first thing they would want is can we do something somewhere else? Can we get rid of the ban? But can we do something else to make up for it so that we that will reduce our risk of being challenged on the CEQA streamlining? That so the goal would be to try to have something to do, but if they're put in a corner and they don't feel that they can adopt the plan as is. We might have to live with a little bit of risk or uncertainty about our ability to use it for later project streamlining, but they can still adopt a plan. The plan just might not pass muster if a later project is approved based on our greenhouse gas reduction plan. So I have two questions. So can we remove the word ban and, and soften that so and and can we go ahead and can we go ahead as a commission because ultimately it's the board and if we strong have another thought okay i can i have an idea okay go ahead. that i think is part of all of what you guys are suggesting what if we said create a phased ordinance by 2024 to reduce the local operation of gasoline and diesel powered off-road equipment by type including limiting local operation of gasoline and diesel powered small off-road equipment um, for those equipment types that cannot be decarbonized in the short term include a requirement for the use of renewable diesel, which is a drop in renewable fuel and readily available on the West Coast. I think we'll have to get a little bit more specific about the different types and having maybe a um, phased in approach to removing things so that the those that are most easily removed, replaced, economical to make changes to, those could ultimately be Banned. We don't have to use banned in here, right. but it would be part of this phased ordinance in which we could look at what kinds of equipment is available. I don't know that we want to ban the operation, but maybe we don't allow new implementation of certain things. And then we can also use incentives 
to help people move to, on the smaller scale, move to different cleaner equipment. And then we could tie the larger equipment stuff to the availability of reasonable alternatives. Because as time goes on, those reasonable alternatives are going to be available. Yeah. So, so couldn't we defer the specifics by using that ordinance to describe the different types of equipment and when we see those things being phased out? I, I, I think we could, and I think Eric is, is agreeing with me. I, I, I think the crux is actually going to be in the language in the ordinance. And I think if we break it down in such a way that you just described, it is doing both things. One, it is satisfying our obligation, and two, it is appeasing the uh, the population that will be most affected by by enacting uh, outright ban on on these things. So, yeah, and, so I, I and we don't want to take away anyone's livelihood. No, no. And those ex yeah. equipments are expensive. Yeah. Right. So I, I think there's a reasonable compromise in here. It's just crafting that language yeah. so well, that you can still say that we're achieving, um, or we have the potential to achieve this right. level of reduction. Eric, how does that sound? Sounds good. It would be great if we could highlight the specific pieces of equipment that you believe are, are critical uh, to your community, and then okay. we can look into it and work to draft something phased. I think that matches up with the way that the state is moving forward as well. I mean, we, we, um, we have it's important to recognize we have on, on, on the planning commission yeah. uh, between uh, Commissioner Parker, Commissioner Schmante. Yeah, I, I don't know if Tim, Tim, do you have cattle on your property? <laughs> <laughs> For the purposes of this measure, I don't think, I think we have to have examples of what yeah. we're talking about, but yeah. we don't have to be specific because yeah. an ordinance will need to be drafted and then it will yeah. become. <clears throat> more specific right. about uh, all of this. Since an ordinance can then be modified later if it needs to be to speed things up or slow them down in whatever way that okay. is necessary. And would yeah. you would you want to draft that or would you like again to work? Oh, the two of you. I think I will be happy to work with you on that when you return from your time away. But Eric, you've not encountered this same conversation with other rural communities that depend on logging and construction, et cetera? We have. Um, I would say that what we face with each individual project is a different balance of emissions. And so sometimes there's a little bit more flexibility and you don't have to emphasize some areas as much. Um, at this, in this instance, you know, we're, we're coming with as much as we can give you with the, the, the support that we need. Um, but yeah, I, I think we can develop something in a more phased approach um, where we maybe emphasize maybe a, a, a sooner adoption date with some types of equipment and the later or for you know an exemption for other pieces of equipment we can look at it i can't make any promises but we will look at it and come up with the best uh reduction potential uh that we can provide but eric i just want to check in with you because you know more about this than i did did i was i accurate in how i distinguished the CEQA threshold or 
issue from the general plan implementation issue, or do you need to add any clarification to that? I think that's good. I mean, we're, we're, that's a general example um, that is suitable for this type of uh, environment. We, if we get into two, there's a lot of nuance around it, and you don't know until you get there, but um, I feel that we, um, we're always trying to provide as much substantial evidence in our plans to, to prove the nexus to our greenhouse gas reduction. Um, but we also have to recognize that rural communities are unique, are unique to themselves, and um, they have different conditions than the areas where there's more examples of climate or greenhouse gas reduction plans being developed. So um, I think we have to find the balance point there to be able to provide a climate action plan that is has substantial evidence. Um, but also meets unique needs of your community and also accounts for the limitations in, a, in best available data. Okay, so um, uh, Gelson, maybe you can um, chime in on this then. Timing, so that we can have uh, all the edits to coincide with whatever it is SBC uh, might be doing going forward. Well, that was my question back to you because I'm you're coordinating with SBC. I, I don't know what your timing is. Okay. So, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that would be a question to them. Yeah. Is there plan ever? Um, to work backwards from when we would, when we would, the consultants, you know, that would be your, what, I think that Tim and I are hoping that we would, by the first meeting in September, mm -hmm. have whatever we are committing just doing okay. done. Yeah. It is what it is then. That, if that's what it's going to take, then that's we're just going to have to let them know. I think both of us are... I'm going to be out of town for almost two weeks, right between the meetings, and so I think that's the problem here. So I'm going to be a problem, but, <laughs> but we'll work on it. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. But what what you what we're trying to accomplish is necessary. So. Uh, Are we ready to talk about TR6? Sure. Please talk about TR6. What did Tim say about TR6? A TOT tax, though. It's on the visitor. Well, guess what? If your TOT tax is too high, people don't want to visit you. In our favor was we had a low TOT, and now it's 12%. I happen to know this because I have a yeah. lot of accommodations mm -hmm. that I try and yeah, keep okay. rented and people don't like these high taxes. These high taxes. It but does affect us. Uh -huh. I don't um, see anybody not coming because of it, but I <clears throat> I agree. We don't want to just keep layering it That's on. That's what we do. We just raised it. Uh, it didn't say to raise it, though. I think we just may have to all reallocate it a bit. It says establish a tourism hotel yeah, tax. Yeah, we, we already the, have one. Yeah. So yeah, we, we already have we a TOT. We earmark a portion so of it. So we can take... Because right now our TOT has been um, 
significantly higher than it is in the past. Right. And yes. so they have been talking about how to allocate those additional funds. That might this might be an yeah. option. No, no, yeah. What I, I was I, suggesting I we need to was the language revise the tourism to hotel. To yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's good. That's what I kind of to uh, provide for revenue. Well, I mean, because quite 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 frankly, that that industry, when you look at it, those who commute into our town in their vehicles. Uh, have some responsibility as far as the greenhouse gases are concerned. So I'm not, I'm not saying we're putting everything on them, but it wouldn't be a bad idea to take maybe a percentage of the 12% and apply it to to this endeavor. I don't think this is something that the planning yeah. commission no. has jurisdiction. No, it's not, but I mean, this is just to appease Commissioner uh, you know, uh, Parker that you know, thinks we're going to raise the UT. No. I, that. So we're just, we're just going to strike, establish, and put revise. And Reallocate. Reallocate. I'm all over that. I think that's a great idea. Okay. Reallocate would be good. Okay. So we're good with that. Don't we, don't we already brand and, and market Calaveras County? Well, that's right. But as that, a sustainable tourist destination, that, that is yeah. actually something that has been on my list of things to work on in Murphy's right. and to work with the Visitors Bureau on. So it's basically yeah. a alley. Yeah. And if we do that, there are benefits to it. If yeah. we do Lots that, of benefits. Absolutely. Absolutely. People come to my place because of it. Yeah. I was going to say, with our whole yeah. farm to fork yeah. and yeah. winery very, industries, very, very lots of sustainable things going on that like we're a, not. I'm sorry, Look, so we're about to uh, lose Eric. Are you gone, Eric? Eric's gone. Well, just his face. I'm just trying to bring you a grumpy dog. I've noticed, I mean, this, the, the TR6 is not quantified, so. Yeah, I think it's good. Well, I think as an aspirational thing to try to become a pilot program yeah, would that, be. That, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot of these measures here is we were looking at the context of your county and understanding the constraints of funding. And we wanted to recognize that for any of these measures to, to be implemented, there needs to be funds to pay for it. So. We felt that your plan required significant emphasis in that area. And you know, we thought that when this comes up to adoption, being able to point to having clear measures on how to drive funding to pay for this stuff would be very important for the community to see. But Eric, did you also think about sustainability? You know, when we go pursue these grants and, and we the money goes away, you know, we're left with how do we pick that up? I mean, so um, I think it's one thing to go ahead and, and pursue grants and, and become a pilot program, but I also think there needs to be that sustainability piece built into it. 
Well, that yeah, it's, it's, the TOT is that, that, that ongoing is, funding that to our visitors bureau already. So. Right, if that funding is being used for that purpose to replace that's that part of the story that we're trying to develop. It's easier to get grant funding if you have a plan that calls for you to go get that grant funding. And then it's also easier to get grant funding if you say that the grant's not going to pay for it all, but that you have sustainable funding programs that get you part of the way. You just need the grants to, to close the loop on a, on a few specific measures. Yeah, the grant can help you start it, but you have to have a way to Later. continue it as you always. Know, I guess, Michelle, I was thinking that the, the revenue generated from the tax could help those owners of those hotels, et cetera, but in charging stations and cover the cost of that. I mean, I think so. I, I just think, you know, there could, there could, could be a wide variety of uses for, for those funds. I also think those are one-time funds, exactly. and so and then they pay for themselves those charging stations. Yeah, there is a lot of charge. grant yeah. money available yeah. from oh, the state purchase. right now. Oh, yeah, lots oh, yeah. of programs oh, that yeah. are helping right. to pay for those oh, things. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I would imagine small businesses are pursuing that, or or maybe we could be the lead and help. The county could help with that. You know. Um, how I know. Write a grant and I know they were looking at some stuff last year, and I actually just talked to them about that that Murphy's would like to be considered for installing some EV sure. chargers mm -hmm. in a publicly accessible parking lot right. because we'd love to do that. And so I just asked them to Perfect. follow up on what is Perfect. the status of Perfect. of that application, Perfect. or did, was it ever done? And Perfect. so I I think there's lots of things Perfect. out there that I'm not an expert on, but that that's, I think, comes back to us identifying a person who's going to help us implement our greenhouse gas plan. You know, like with everything else we do, we need somebody who's an expert and has the time to go out and look for money. Yeah, this whole thing is dependent upon the county finding good grant writers. <laughs> yeah. And, and they money. One way or another. But you know, um, Visit California was just here and they want to help. I mean, there there is help out there because it's something for them to promote also. So I, I, I think it's a great measure and creative and a new way of looking at it. So even if it's not quantified, it gives us a direction to go that looks like we're trying to do something more. And we are trying to do something more. So anything that needs to be changed in there, can we move on to TR8? Let's move on to TR8. Yeah, TR8. That's, and, an, that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I think uh, in number two, the consultants have uh, clarified that when they say and clear, pre-zone and clear, specific, I was thinking, you know, cut down the tree. Oh, but, no. Uh, no, no. But they're talking and approve, I think, would. Mm -hmm. would I think they, exactly. yeah. So <laughs> identify areas that are not going to face roadblocks with the planning department, with zoning and general plan issues. But would, would the language pre zone and approve? What's your thing or make any suggestions? I think maybe we could identify yeah. specific areas. Yeah, and, and I think what, what it might mean in the context of the Planning Commission would be to uh, perhaps make the 
discretionary review uh, uh, discretionary review process less onerous maybe we list them as permitted uses rather than exactly rather than conditional uses or so an that overlay we can, or right, something right so that we can move from you know 0 to 10 very very quickly because of what it does for the environment so that's what, just thought and what what would be the suggested language then starting at the start of that um, I, I would say that um, identify. I think that's enough because then we can yeah. figure out yeah. what identification yeah. means for us as yeah. part of right. our yeah. whole. Right, right, that's a pre zone, yeah. Okay, identify, sure. identify appropriate zoning designations that would allow um, mm -hmm. uh, biofuel generation facilities. That that and and then identify for us would that we can go into how do we want to once we understand the the nuances of each specific biofuel facility, then we can determine whether or not it's something that we can do um, by right in a particular zone or conditionally or through a less uh, at least recognize it absolutely yeah. So, other than the word identify, would you put? I think else in I think what Gabriel was suggesting was identify um, zoning designations and or specific areas throughout the county for mm -hmm. development of biofuel gener generation facilities. Because it might be that you can't say it, it's allowed by right in on every, every single yeah, parcel with yeah. a particular zoning designation, but mm -hmm. maybe in certain areas. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, now, I was suggesting we put in, just to make CHIPS feel good, drawing upon the experience of CHIPS with its Woolseyville site. Um, that's not essential. It's not offensive to me. At least it shows that we We've done it before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I missed that, Commissioner Eilish. Well, it's in in my in my suggestion. Oh. Oh. Okay. Green at the end there. Yeah. Um, and and at the beginning of uh, also paragraph number one, establishing memorandum of understanding with chips. California Healthy Impacts Products Solutions okay. Group, PPA, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we don't want them, <laughs> we don't want to forget that they've <laughs> been at this for a long time. Um, then I would think in number seven, we would want to, uh, again, yeah, put pursue in pursue funding. funding to create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because biofuel jobs, wow. And I'm curious about establish a biofuel tax because it seems like as soon as you tax that biofuel, then yeah, you're deterring no people from yeah, using it when, when it would be better to tax something you don't want people to right. do and use that tax to uh, prop up the biofuel yeah, industry. That's, that's the question I was well, <laughs> raised in my. Uh, oh, uh, Eric, you're raising your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah.
Thank you very Thank much. You Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Emily, you too? Yeah, I was going to say, yes. <laughs> also, to jump on to another meeting. We're sorry about you two before we should grill you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's right. okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, if we eliminate number eight, it actually should result in a greater reduction because it will yeah. develop the body. Yeah, I, I was going to say that, and, and because it's not a, uh, it's not a quantitative measure, it's a right. It's measure, not going to matter. So it doesn't really. Okay, so yeah. we're going to yeah. cross it. Up. We just we, eliminate. We don't want to add a tax. We don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Alrighty. All right, in TR9, I just replaced obtaining with pursue, and I've replaced secure with pursue because pursue has a certain magic to it mm -hmm. about when it comes to funding. Right. And okay, pursue rather than secure. So, okay. Um, and same with TR10, uh, pursue federal funding in the title. Pursue federal funding, the very first sentence. And number two, paragraph number two, pursue significant federal funding. Okay. Wow, we're moving right along. Yeah. We are. Uh, would we want to take a five minute break before we get into ag? That's what I was just going to suggest <laughs> is, or should we take a, a lunch break? No, I will be there for Okay. Yeah. So why don't we take a five-minute yeah, break, come yeah. back, and get as well, far as yes. we can? I got one question. I need, like, two minutes of your time. And I take two minutes of your time, and then I'll leave. <laughs> okay. So can, can everybody hold it for just a few minutes? So I'm going to open a public comment on this item. Thank you very much. Light you up. <laughs> um, my name's David Oliver. I live at 5950 Clements Place in Valley Springs. First question is, is who is my county supervisor? Because the person I wrote doesn't exist in this committee. So I was mad because he was the that. supervisors were the planning commission. Oh, planning commission. Okay. Same, same. Next thing also is the antenna that's going 60 feet from my house. Who do I talk to about that? Um, so this is not an opportunity to talk about things not on the agenda. It's an opportunity to well, talk about things. Fine, that's fine. Like I said, two minutes and I'll be gone. Just tell me who I need to talk to and when I need to talk to them. So are, is he in the, your I'm district? district one, I'm district one. So where exactly are you located? By the by the water tower in the... Well, I'm located at 5950 Clements Place off of Baldwin where they're putting an antenna 60 feet from my house. So a cell phone tower. Yeah, you got it. So I think um, he would speak yeah. to his Gabriel, and you can yeah. you can he's the planning director. So it, you just contact the planning department. Okay, great. So that's all I need to do. I can't go to the county supervisors. I don't need to talk to them. Well, not yet. First, you want to talk to county staff, find out what the status of the project is, and then you can see if you need to pursue a political. And you can reach out to Gary Toffinelli. He's yeah. the supervisor of our district. I'm just the planning commission. Okay, well, I'm, that's just my first time, so I'm a lot. Okay, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Ben Stopper, I guess he's not in. Oh, yes. Oh, that's two. Oh, yeah, you're in two. Okay, five. So, so it's going to be Ben Stopper. I'm sorry, it is. Oh, great. Yeah. Let's get back to you when you 
Write to him. So, thank you very much. Get his, get his phone number. Yeah, yeah. No reply. Oh, well. Okay, now we could help. Thank you, gentlemen. They weren't here yet um, when we did it. So we're going to take a five-minute break now. Everybody run. <laughs>
Okay. Uh, yeah. At the beginning. Um, then uh, it, it's kind of nice <laughs> that it's just us right now. We <laughs> you know, deal with the dairy farms and, and feedlots. Yeah. They, just as history, the consultants have explained several times right. just why it's okay to list uh, uh, 6,143 feedlot heifers, heifers mm -hmm. um, and a certain number of dairy cows in their inventory because, and that's where I tune out, or not tune out, I try to tune in with her because it, it makes no sense to me. And, I, and whether San Francisco is also uh, uh, labeled as having dairy farms and feedlots, I don't know. Mm. But it just, it just, my suggestion here is since they are, uh, they're providing or conduct a detailed countywide inventory of livestock uh, and manure management practices, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a good place for me to, to start to add <laughs> in this tracking, ensure that no GHG emissions are attributed currently to non-existent dairy farms and feedlots. Um, I don't know. I, I, um, because they are attributing some currently, it will it'll be much easier to reduce them in actuality. Well, but yeah, but, the, but um, I think maybe we just need to make clear that these things would apply to intent more intensive livestock operations. Uh, should they occur in the county? We don't currently have any, but... It, it's... The thing is that they've, they've got... They have... Yes. 6,143 feedlot heifers in the inventory, but yes. it really doesn't matter. That, that's... Uh, yeah. That's the <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and they... they they don't seem to be able to take them out. And well, they can't say, because they're in our baseline. Well, um, that's, yeah. but I mean, yeah. so, but if they're, okay, if they're in there for our baseline, why can't we have them eliminated? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they're execution. Well, I uh, think no, they can't. I mean, they, it, it, it's a. It's well, they're going to continue to project out whatever we do. Yeah. So that we did talk about this, that the only way that we could change that was to create an ordinance that limits feedlots uh, and dairy farms, but we decided we didn't want to ban anything. But we could create an ordinance with mitigating measures for any new feedlots or dairy farms, and it seems like that would be quantifiable. Biogas or something? Sure. And, and wouldn't we want to do that anyway? I mean, that's realistically... It would be advantageous for any feedlots to have something like that. That's right. That. I mean, I think it's almost a requirement if you open up a dairy, right? Anymore, probably. Sure. Yeah. I mean, with all the rules and regulations associated with it. So instead of my suggested uh, sentence, what would it be? 
create an ordinance, um, applying GHG reduction measures to any new feedlot, which might not be the right term, dairy farm or similar operation. <coughs> which would include blah, blah, blah. So this replaces um, which one? Which I don't know. I've just put it mine well, at the general, top. Yeah, it's a general was, comment. That's what I was doing as well. And I think we still could conduct an inventory. I mean, that's going to show that we don't have it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can implement a program for local farmers to purchase poultry manure. I, 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 we is don't that, is that do what, like wine growers would use. I mean, well, but this is I for, for but it's for pasture and crops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think well, having them, yeah. these things there is not doesn't harm. No, no. It isn't requiring anybody to buy yeah. it. But that's no. the thing I don't, that, that's what I've been looking at. And I, yeah, that's what I would say. 30% reduction, well, that's some residues. I've looked at the numbers. Yeah, and, and so our Farm Bureau could provide assistance to farmers regarding how to apply for financial assistance. I don't, there doesn't seem to be anything objectionable yeah. here. Already, and I, I would have beat this one up pretty good when Kelly was here. Yeah. Again, I, I'd but have it, pursue instead of utilize uh, and number, starting number three. Uh, well, just utilize the guidance. Oh, pers pursuing number three. How about number six? That's um, the one he's. Well, number number four: investigate and pursue apply. funding sources instead of apply for. Oh. Okay. That don't don't ask me why pursue is magic, but they told us earlier that it was. Okay. Uh, it sounds. You want to. I think that one's probably fine. It is. Okay, and I had nothing. Yeah, I uh, I just think if we put the ordinance in there, they may be able to quantify it a little higher because it would actually do something to stop. So maybe we could gain back a tiny bit tiny of something bit. there. There's not a whole lot. And, and where where would that sentence be? I like. I don't know. Would it be a separate measure? I think so. New measure? I think that'll be, well, do you want to put it as eight so we don't have to change the numbers and everything else? Okay. New eight. And is that your create an ordinance? Is that yes, yes, create okay. an ordinance. Yeah. So, um, we've got an AB3. Yes. I guess this is the one that I, I have probably the most yeah, me too. problem with. Um, you know, I, I did some research and um, the methane turns into CO2 and it stays in the atmosphere for 10 years. And, you know, plants absorb the CO2. And, you know, what they're talking about, the supplement they're talking about is seaweed. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and... Uh, you know, right now, there are, the research I did showed that there are two alternatives. You can 
if you can get your cows to eat seaweed or some kind of supplement that has that in it, that reduces the methane gas, or they can reduce it genetically. So some cows aren't producing as much methane gas through genetics. But, um, you know, and then here's, you know, an article from Ag Alert from August 2nd that, you know, this farmer, just the caption reads, cattle graze pastures belonging to the Gamble family farm in Napa County, concerned about wildfires. The Gamble family leases the land surrounding its vineyards, two houses and nearby wineries to a local farmer rancher for grazing and managing the, the land. I mean, so, I mean, we, you look at the, the pluses and the minuses, you know, cows, you know, we talk about fires and the danger that fires do, um, but you can see what happens when the ground isn't grazed, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I don't, and this is, you're gonna tell me, Michelle, this isn't a big number, but it, it, it just, it just kind of speaks politically, just like the heavy equipment did, you know, with that TR5, that um, sometimes things are just, they're just what they are, you know? And the, but the benefits kind of outlay the, the harm, I think, in some ways. The gorgeous thing is that it, it, they have a 20% figure here, and I don't see where it restricts ranchers in any way. It seems to me this is aimed more at feedlots. Just kind of, You're talking well, about feed requirements and this sort of thing. But I, but I don't think, I, my concern when I read it, it was like, if this passes, you know, is there gonna be a mandate that we provide supplements to our cows? And add an additional no. cost. I don't. No. I don't see that. It wasn't stated in here, but but it could. Well, but we would have to vote on that. It's yeah, I mean, we would have to vote we're not going to get the ranchers on the uh, board of supervisors to vote for that. And, and you know, I don't see the threat here. What if instead of implementing grassland management strategies, explore. we could investigate or explore? Perfect. Okay. okay, I'm okay with that. Implementation sounds a little forced. I would say, even say appropriate to um, the whatever rangeland intensities in Calaveras County, because that's where we seem to fall apart is right. our stuff is so spread out. Yeah. I mean, we do more grazing than anything else, really. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, or, all this stuff about uh, feed. I mean, your feed is the grass. It's the grass. Yeah. 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 It reduces fire. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I just yeah, I don't more than Calfords. Absolutely. And, and, and what I don't know, and I didn't do any research, but I, it's interesting. I, I just wonder whether or not it takes longer for a cow to digest green grass than it does dry. Yeah, dry I feed. You know, I mean, so it may I, be, no, I think I think it might be the other way. You think it takes more to digest dry? Well, than, I think than, with most animals. Um, green grass tends to run through a oh, lot faster like, than it, until they learn how. It, it, it's that, that's that's my thought. So I mean, it just. I, so I, you know, I. Okay, I'm okay. I, I suggest so, that well, we I, replace implement with promulgate. Spreading it out there just like you spread other things out there. Promulgate. Just think if we define these as being appropriate to the livestock intensity or populations right. here in Calaveras County, yeah. that that will 
all of a sudden, all of these things, we can investigate them, we can look into them, right. we can see what, but it's going to turn out that most of these are not appropriate to our. Right. Well, we, well, we still get the, we still got the benefit of yeah, 7,700 metric tons. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we, we get the points, but we, we don't have to do that. anything about it. We got to have that. Right. Yeah. So, so where I would, think. Where would you put that? And you know, I, I was just, I put it right in the top, like yeah, I, I, investigator promulgate for livestock intensities common in Calaveras County. I'm sure there's a better word for that. Densities. I don't know. But I remember we talked about this during the general plan because the discussion, oh, and also we do it all the time when we uh, do the Williamson Act, you know, they tell us how oh. many acres oh, per cow and all oh, of yeah. this. And I, and I always think, well, how could any of these management practices actually apply? But sometimes it takes 20 plus acres for a cow. Exactly. Yeah. So I think if we can find the right sure. wording for that, which. How about promulgate comma appropriate for Calaveras grazing? Grassland management. Yeah, that's fine. And yeah. I think that just the whole concept works through everything, right? Yeah, we just don't don't want to do anything to, to We don't want to change the number, right. Yeah. No. Okay. But if yeah. there's no real benefit, we're not going to be doing it. So yeah. we, we're, your mic's still on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it's you're not going to do something that says this is when you have five cows per acre, no, no, no. this is the appropriate thing. And if and the appropriate thing for one cow per 20 acres is something different. It, it almost is that they took a cookie cutter and, a, you know, and thinking feedlot and right and dairies and said, OK, yeah, you know, that's, that's going to apply to us. Yes, right. And, and it doesn't. Yeah. Well, I've been no, reading so I, many great articles about methane digesters and how they're actually making money for the farms. Yeah. But when you look at the farms, they are farms. Yeah. You know, they're a barn with yeah. animals in it. With animals. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, solid so, waste. So solid waste. We uh, spent so much time on this, and it is has so little impact. Hey, but the margin, I mean, it's when, a margin. If, if you if you calculate out all the reductions and stuff and what we need to do to reach the 40 percent, we're within 232, I think, uh, metric tons yeah. of, of the line. You know, we just succeed. Right. So we've, we've got to keep what we have. Um, anyhow, SW1, I raised the question of down in about two thirds down right after the site to mm -hmm. COS2E. Programs may also include investigating and incentivizing community copa, composting. Mm -hmm. And I raised what, it, what what they mean by that. Uh, we, their answer, I think, would be- We gave it to them. That's our wording. Yeah, we well, talked about- We developed yeah. that. Yeah. And it was that we were yeah. saying that you could have a cooperative yeah. right. um, community level compost pile in a suburban, Thing because if we if we just put in so that nobody asks uh, uh, community composting by individuals or organizations, then nobody's going to think, oh, you're talking about Angels Camp or you know, right or neighborhood or, composting or something like that. Yeah, I think 
Uh, whatever. I, by I, compost, com, composting by individuals or organizations, I think. That's fine. Does it? I'm fine with that. Keeping the word community in there. Um, but where specifically um, line I'm looking for? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, after it's, you have, it's you on have his line. pink. Oh, on, on your pink. Okay, <laughs> I'll find it. Word uh, the community is is highlighted. Yeah. The word, and the. Okay. Um, and. It's like a community garden. It's the same yeah, concept. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's just that it can be a word of art. Um, okay, Major SW two. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Since the body, the body of it uh, talks about uh, uh, putting more in Rock Creek from other landfills, so I'd say that the title needs to be changed so it's diversions to Rock Creek landfill. Yeah, and maybe not just from forward. I well, that's a, yeah, yeah. No, what I mean, take out from yeah. forward and just have diversions to Rock Creek <clears throat> landfill. Or, especially since now we're talking about an expansion of it. And are we ready for SW3? I think so. Well, Good to me. my favorite language, the county will pursue funding to continue to manage Rock Creek. So. I, really? We're already doing it. That seems that, like that might be yeah. just... That too much? Okay. Because they have to do it anyway. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. That's yeah. right. <laughs> but I do like that you're very consistent. Well, <laughs> I just don't want the, I don't want this to bankrupt the county. Yeah, I was being very sensitive to that. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, they now, if, if we're on to W one. Oh yeah. Now we're in my zone again. Okay. <laughs> um, so we asked them to. Uh, to put major uh, PF dash two in, they had a response saying, "Oh no, that applies to Angels Camp." Is the way I understood their response. Yeah, I didn't understand the response. And, and, which of course doesn't make any sense because PG PF dash two G can only apply to uh, the non-incorporated county. So I'm putting it back in. Okay. Uh, and that's that's basically what this green is. Uh, okay. And and I'm adding so it doesn't get confusing. I'm adding numbers to each of the references to the uh, implementation measures. <clears throat> okay. So if you can look at what I, I, I think it just makes more sense of what I'm doing. Um, now the last sentence, or on second to the last sentence, I did say uh, with funding. I should have said pursue Pursuit. funding mm -hmm. uh, for the county to work with. If you think that that's redundant, yeah. well, that's fine. What are we? Where are you? Oh, uh, second to last sentence in W one. Oh, we're still on one. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, uh, I. I had with funding. Yeah, that's I see it. Terrible, terrible. We have to pursue funding <laughs> for the county to work with. 
Michelle, isn't that part? Isn't that part of the new building code where you have to collect your gray water now in a separate system? No, great. It's not required at this time. Okay, okay. There are some accommodations for ways you can do it, but it's a the way the official way to do it is a pretty involved. Oh, it is. Or you just don't. You couldn't just have like two septic tanks and and just. Do well, you have to dual plumb everything. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. At least with yeah, so you have you to can't, divert it from some. You point. can't just divert a sink or there, yeah, because, there are because shower yeah yeah, yeah. No, no. there's a bunch of things though coming to us i'm sure what we're going to have to start doing some things Do something right energy. now that's not required isn't it nice to have a good architect on this i'm telling you you know there's rainwater capture there's sure. other things besides gray water right and we're not talking about those other things exactly Okay, how about W-2? So... Then this goes to your earlier... Yeah, so to me, this one is... The low-flow water use fixtures are already required. Yeah. So there's no reason to have this. But if we wanted to pursue or replace this measure with pursuing a plumbing-related reach code, there are other things that can be done to reduce water use, which is like requiring short distances from the um the water but from a water heater oh, to water too, sure. a shower and sure. you can so it's called comp compact plumbing design you can size your lines appropriately so that they're not oversized there there are other measures possible but low flow water use fixtures is not a solution and I actually looked up what the state and the state's not even saying that this is a reach code item mm. they are saying these other kinds of plumbing measures are reasonable reach code items so I would be happy to look up some of that language okay. and okay. see if I can come up with a replacement measure here because I was just eliminating that that part of it and just said well, the county will require design <laughs> plans on new development projects to include water-saving features. Yeah, most of the opportunity is really in irrigation. Okay, okay, that's great. If you can come up with, with I mean, <clears throat> the way it is makes absolutely no sense. You, know, you probably can't buy something. Well, you could, more... yeah. so right now, the requirement for a typical faucet is 0.5 gallons per minute. That is barely enough to trigger a tankless water heater to come on. <laughs> that's true. So, it's just not a place to reduce. There is another um, piece that has to do with, right now the code uh, has a limitation on how much water can be used in a shower, and it's supposed to be divided between all the shower heads in the shower, which is not enforced because it would leave you with shower heads drizzling if you had dual or, you know, people have body sprays. I think we want to stay away from that one. Yeah. <laughs> Good, okay. This is the last one. And you're gonna pursue some financing, I'm guessing. And you're really absolutely right. Yeah, instead of figuring you out. Pursue funding to conduct. And that's, Really? So this, are we in conserve and preserve? Yeah. Okay. So we want to try to put a 
something else in here, I think. we. Yes. Well, well, so pursue funding to conduct a carbon sequestration feasibility study. Yes. Yes. And then we would like to quantify what we can do well, with it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm going to do a little research on this one. Okay. Now, my main suggestion is, is adding a, a paragraph seven, which is language that the Planning Commission in its previous uh, oh, Constitution. Yeah, I wrote all over uh, this one. Uh, we, we asked for this to be included, and they, I think they just lost it in the, in the process. But it's something that was suggested by the public, and uh, we got it in there, and they didn't list it. And it at that time, we said something about land, that this would come under land use because they didn't have anything for sequestration. So, you, you, do you see where on my suggested paragraph seven? I'm haven't even Page got to paragraph seven yet. Okay, I see it here. That's it. It's here. So that is language that has been previously approved by the planning commission. Yeah, that's fine. So add seven. So I have a comment here on. Um, Five. Okay. And that, but that is really a quote from COS 5M. Item five is? No, yeah. your addition. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Um, I'm looking under CS1, conserve and preserve national. That's, this doesn't even make sense. This is like out of sequence here somewhere. Um, SW. Look at mine. Three. <laughs> yeah, I just need to look at this one. Five in accordance with Calvin's general plan. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, oh, and then. This, I, I was just going to say, some of the things that I'm looking at here yeah, looks the, like what would come out of our Oak Woodlands Ordinance when it comes before the Planning Commission. Our conservation mm -hmm. uh, of, of Oak Woodlands. Well, definitely. Uh, mitigation is a part of it. Except that their mitigation ratio is much lower than what the HAC might be recommending because we're looking on at the uh, major heading of preservation and conservation of natural lands. Yeah. So oak woodlands would fall into that category very yeah. easily. But isn't that included mm -hmm. in the in the general very general language? It mm -hmm. certainly yeah. is a part of it. Yeah. 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 So we, we may already we, we may already accomplish this. And and the oak woodlands can I I mean, in general. I mean, you can talk about it to the extent it relates to what's on the right. agenda. We have, I have a, there's a, there's a, they're still working on a draft. The committee is still working on a draft. Well, so. And why, it hasn't been vetted or anything. So can't we put in here, adopt 
an Oak Woodlands, an Oak Woodlands, Woodlands really? ordinance. Yeah. In that, well, and you might want to just cite back to that general. Uh, exactly. General. general plan. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we add that? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do we? Shall we just it, make it? We add it as a bullet to number five, or is it oh, standalone? Put it at number seven. Put it in. Uh, no, we've added a seven, so I'd, I'd add an eight. So adopt an Oak Woodland ordinance, ordinance. in conformance with whatever that implementation might be. Yes. That's wonderful since we haven't adopted it yet. <laughs> so it's eight. No, nine. <laughs> oh, oh, I think it's eight. Seven, eight. Oh, and what was the language after that, Julie? Adopt an open in conformance with, and I don't remember general what. Fund. General fund with the GP. Blah blah blah. I I'd say let's just say adopt a Oak Woodman's ordinance. Let me Okay. That would do it. Well, the thing is, we just we can't do any old one because we committed to following a particular. I think it's the general plan cited to a particular law, and we can go beyond it, but yeah. it can't be instead of what we wanted to do with the general plan. So, so what are you suggesting? So, so I'm confused in five. It says in accordance with Calaveras County General Plan to residential projects requiring discretionary approval. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth bullet down is new and renovated county facilities. It's like in the wrong section. Damn, it sounds wrong. Yeah. Let me look at the... Yeah, because it goes from residential to... Yes. Let me see where it's five. M cuts out. Like it needs its good, own bullet. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's right in COS 5M. Uh, the COS 5M is interim greenhouse gas reduction measures until such time no, as. No, no, I'm in here. I'm, I'm reading COS 5M. But I'm talking about, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about 5 here. Bullet 4. COS 5M apply the following measures. That's all fine. It, it's well, I it's it's COS 5M. Includes, yeah. includes, includes that. But it yeah. says residential projects yeah. in this header. Well, whoever we need to take this. Uh, the following okay. measures to right. residential and or just can we just take that out, just fall and just Let's cross just out new projects? But it's discretionary approval and subject to CEQA and to all new county I mean, construction that, projects. It's point all point. just a mishmash. See, that's what it is. That is. That is. Almost seems like it should be under energy because I don't see anything in here that yes, relates it belongs to in energy. Lines. It belongs in in it, energy. It <laughs> And it, yeah. it can still reference COS 5M. Right. But it's not in the right section. So we're going to move it. Move to energy. And so if we move it to energy, then we're going to change that header then, right? Because it's no longer a county project, it's just residential. Well, COS 5M, applies to as messed up as it is, 
is messed up in exactly the way that this is messed up. Yes, but we can still move this to the energy section yeah. of the measures and still cite COS 5M. And in fact, that would help but, us in our quantification. Well, hopefully. And then everything else only applies so residential projects. So wouldn't you cross out into all new county construction projects then? Because you're really Yes, exactly. That's what I was. But we then should put in the, I mean, go, bullet point by bullet point. The first one, parks and open space, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Secretization, that's, that's clearly here. Uh, and pedestrian access. You know what, that, that really, what, well, what? The other two things actually have to do with transportation yeah yeah um i hesitate to take anything you know out. what happened here mm -mm. remember we recommended a planning a land use and planning yes. category and they right. said they didn't need it and they put it in conservation yeah. but these are land use and planning things and they're just the first part, first, first one is. So instead of putting in the body of COS 5M, we, we, would, we would cite it and, and uh, do the first bullet point, right? But that's really the only one that has to do with carbon <clears throat> sequestration. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So the sec so, two and three really belong elsewhere. Okay. So they belong in transportation, I think, because that's where they would be quantified. Uh -huh. This is. And the last bullet point would go to uh, energy. Energy. Mm -hmm if it isn't already covered. If we read this much longer, we're going <laughs> to drive ourselves crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everything else seems okay, though. What did we do for seven, by the way? I, I have eight, that, I missed miss we'll, seven. Well, was my suggested addition that we had already approved? Okay. Could apply you? for grants from the California Strategic Growth Council. <clears throat> okay, apply for yeah. grants. It's in your um, handout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Previously approved, right? Yeah. I mean, we could disapprove, but... No, we don't want it. Okay. Are we ready for CS2? Apply compost. <laughs> oh, and they have... They, they did correct themselves. I asked... She uh, is really coincidental that if you apply 863 tons of compost yeah, to land sorry. areas where you get the benefit of 863 metric tons. They've corrected so the first the the first number applied 863 tons should be applied 3,754 tons. 
of compostable land areas throughout the country. So is it applying 3,754 metric tons of compost? No, not metric. Not oh, metric. tons. Okay. Yeah. Just, just replace, tons. Okay. replace 863 okay. with 3,754. But the 863 metric ton stays. It's, it's, well, it's the first, it's, it's the yes. first line. Okay. Yeah. So applying 863 tons right. is 3,754. And the, the 863 just appears in the uh, in the bottom in the bottom yeah um, okay and then I raised the question with them about what do they mean by municipal well, let's see the start of the at the top of the next page mm -hmm. uh, end of number one what do they mean by municipal? If we substitute county government organic waste for municipal organic waste, that would seem to satisfy. And then in the next line where they talk about and community green spaces, uh, you just community in uh, parentheses, non-county government, close parentheses, green spaces. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Then in number four, I was asking, well, who, are, what, are, what, what procurers are you talking about? Sounds illicit. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of procurers, uh, you could put in private purchasers uh, slant users of compost. That's who they're talking about. Why private? Why not just users? Private, private purchasers slant users. As opposed to public? Yeah, that's what they're that's, that's what they're talking about. Uh, let's see. I can give you their specific answer. Whoops! Oh. So many things with the ring on. Just double checking that you you want to limit it to private procurers as opposed to other government. Well, yeah, um, this is what they said. Procurers of compost refers to organizations or businesses, rangelands, farms, etc., who purchase compost and apply it to their lands. Right, but why would they have to be private necessarily instead of a, a government? Or I, I just thought I, I think they talked about government in the first one. Now they're trying to talk about private landowners. I don't know why okay, we're mind. building partnerships with them. They're talking about organizations or businesses. I, I, I shortened that to private. Mm -hmm. I don't, hmm. And exactly 
Who's conducting we, the ongoing? We meeting? just procure some funds to conduct a study to determine areas. It doesn't matter who who else is involved. I mean, we can involve anybody we wish. Yeah. Right. So what, what would you suggest? So three, and just say instead of in collaboration with local oh, well, group, just pro procure funds to conduct a a study to determine or pursue or. Yes. <laughs> pursue funds. Yeah. If you say procure, well, then right. you're committed to procure. <laughs> yes, pursue funding to conduct a study. Okay. I might. You might want to do that with partners because you're going to identify private land and they may not want to do that but well, that's in collaboration with local yeah maybe we want to say organizations and individuals i i that's, think it's fine i think it's fine that way. yeah <laughs> okay but then we were back on four in our procurers are we are we done with that work with local organizations and academic institutions to conduct ongoing outreach to procurers of compost. Yeah, and that's where I... To monitor soil carbon sequestration. So that's they're trying to monitor if it's working or not. But that's the replacing procurers with private purchasers, slant users, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Or to all purchasers of compost. I mean, sure. All purchasers. And, and they have to be purchasers. They could use their own compost. It really, don't we just want to know? Users. Yeah, users. And ongoing outreach. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Let's just do users. The users of okay, compost. I don't like purchases. users, but that's okay. Spreaders. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's okay. We can work okay. on that. Users. I think it's fine. It's clear. Yeah. Okay. There we are. I want to explore the partnership with the accredited carbon credit verifiers. Oh, yeah. Who are they? Mm -hmm. Oh, I've got their card right here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll ask them that. <laughs> so I think we're done. Yeah. Or we're done when we're just starting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so. So is there anything we didn't talk about that any of you guys had on your list? Like I, I had, I had a couple ideas here of things that might be able to be added hmm. under energy use. Um, I thought, you know, if we wanted to do something in the decarbonization realm, we could we could have a reach code that required projects that continue to utilize gas appliances and equipment to be more to exceed the the energy code requirements by some percentage like five percent they have to be more efficient than something that is 100 electric 
it's kind of built into the code already, or, it, or at least it's heading that direction. So we may not need to do anything in three years from now, that's gonna be a requirement anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of like your last comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, but I mean, if rather than outlawing it, it's a way to allow people to continue to use gas. And it, it's something that I've seen other places have done. Uh, I think we've talked about everything else that I had in here. I have no right. idea what expertise means. It's just a random thought that <laughs> somebody should have expertise. <laughs> um, but as, as your, your first comments, I, I must admit I kind of tuned out. Um, well, I'm, I'm it's worried. just, you know, we're talking about preventing people from using gas equipment and appliances. Uh -huh. And I'm just saying we could instead just have an amendment to our codes that allows people to use gas, but their overall energy efficiency for their project would have to be increased. So oh, you mean they were so they are five percent more energy efficient. Sure. Yeah. It it might get taken care of by the building and energy code anyway, three years from now. Because every three years we get a new code. So I'd I'd say that's so we could leave it out Let's if it's not going to buy us anything and it's yeah. just going to be outdated in three years <laughs> that's how i feel it's about like, a lot hey, of this <laughs> what do you do you see people still putting in propane systems and things absolutely yeah all the time mm -hmm. even in places where it is not to their benefit <laughs> it's usually a, a result of um, contractors who are more comfortable with it or and homeowners just believe that somehow it's better but the most a reasonable reason to still be using propane is people second homeowners who want to use a tankless water heater and there is no electric tankless water okay. heater um, that that can provide the performance for a whole house right now very little propane. Yeah, so tankless water heaters are really super efficient, especially when they're not sure. being used except yeah. a few days a month. That's right, that's right, they're all. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that's that's a reason that you would still put them in, and but that you might, if the county wanted to say, yes, you can still do that, because it does make sense, but you need to offset that by, by your entire project being more efficient than the minimum. Because if you have that water here just standing there idle, producing, yeah. using electricity, yeah. and you're not even there. Not even just, just to keep it warm. Tankless is the only way to go. I exactly. Right. And hopefully we'll have electric tankless water heaters that, that do a better job than the current ones. Because you can only really use the very small ones that don't have any line losses because you put them right next the to where they're being yeah. used. So they're yeah. great for a hand wash Hand wash station. Or even an ADU, you can get enough water out of for a very tiny. So our plan is to put this on the calendar for the second Thursday in September. September. The second one? The second oh second Thursday. The first second meeting. Thursday. Yeah. First meeting, second Thursday. And uh and to have a kind of organized list that's that consolidates all of our discussion. 
Yeah, now you got so, most of it started there. I got, but I, but I was kind of doing that to back up Gabriel. So, do you want to give us a uh, provide us with something, not necessarily just the Thursday before, or whatever? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Of what you found, and we can, yeah, make some bits about that. Thank you. Right. If we could get the summary in advance, then we could fill in where you're saying, you guys said you'd do this. <laughs> yeah. And it, so my understanding is if we can get the measures taken care of, then there will be some sort of glossy thing with an executive summary and et cetera, et cetera, and, and implementation and all that stuff that we haven't seen yet. We will then have to approve. And I see that's the one that SQL document is going to be developed for. I'm sorry. A SQL document would be developed is going to be developed for the oh, for the plan, and that becomes the plan. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, mm -hmm. the whole thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> I saw this uh, flyer. I think it was Marin County's. And it had a what you can do to help that was for just the public. And it was just one page with a little graphic for each item. So it was divided the same basic categories that we have. And then it had like maybe three or four bullet points for each one, just saying, you know, consolidate your trips, buy an electric vehicle consider composting under a different category. But they were very simple and it was uh, kind of eye-catching and, but it seemed like a good thing because it kind of gave people a way to, you, this is how you can yeah. engage in it and do yeah. your part instead of looking at this as being a plan that we're going to impose on you. Right. Oh, it yeah, was like exactly. a voluntary thing. Right. Exactly. Always a good idea. Yeah, because that's what this is going to feel like if we can't sell it. <laughs> right. You know, and if it doesn't feel like it's going to meet the needs of the community, you know, I, <clears throat> and I think we live in a very conservative community and you saw that with COVID, you know, the resistance to the implementation of some of the things that the governor was asking. So, mm. um, and again, I appreciate the fact that we took that in con into consideration, but I think selling this is, is going to be huge now, you know. Um, right. Everybody will find something to like and something not to like. Well, you know what, and, and maybe that's okay. I mean, if everybody does something, that's better than what we currently have. So, yeah. it's all just a wish listing. Yeah. I I think the trick is always with anything. Like when I suggest things to my clients, I don't say. You can save the world by doing this, right. or you can make the governor happy. I say this can make your home more comfortable, less expensive to maintain, yeah. you know, more enjoyable. Yeah, it's going to be benefit you in the long run. Right. right. It's right. it's really it needs to be both self-serving and beneficial and to the community as right. a whole. I think, and we talked about it earlier, right? I think what this plan doesn't address is the waste that associated with 
electrification and all of that. I and mean, we're going to be doing long term to mm -hmm. our environment, you know, along with mining the the material, the chemicals needed and the minerals needed for batteries and things. So it's exactly it's like any good it is step has I know. the challenges associated with it until the next thing comes along, which is why we want to be prepared to be flexible and adopt new things once we figure out what the downsides of them are, because there's all the unintended consequences. And I just want to say how I appreciate how much attention that the other commissioners are giving to this, because really when you look at the big picture, this is a very important thing we're doing. And you're right, we need to sell it. But it is, it's what we can do to help the world right now to onerous. You know, but I wonder why don't they mention like hybrid? I mean, hybrid to me seems like a viable alternative. You know, it's electric and it's gas and, you know, and because everything I hear about people who have electric vehicles, I always hear the horror stories. Generators in their trunk. Yeah, or, or whatever. I mean, so I have a lot of friends and clients with electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles, and the people with electric vehicles are very happy with them yeah. in general. You hear those stories on yeah. the side of the road, but in general, people are very happy yeah. with them. I would think. But they understand the limitations yeah. of that. Yeah, it's probably a lot more plant well, I can tell you. That, it's a lot more planning on their part. Yes, you know, it it's interesting. You would where you would think there would be chargers. We stay at in Bodega Bay. We always stay on the. We for 35 years, we've always rented a house on the golf course because our kids were little. Long story short, you think there'd be a charger in that garage? You would think yeah. so. You would think so. You know, but there wasn't. So um, it, it's just as interesting how long it's going to take to catch on. Charge your car is what that was. That's exactly right. I never even thought of that. Yeah, the dollar collector on there, they would be. Yeah, I never, I never even thought of that. Put your credit card in there, and you can sure. Pay them. Or they charge you more because you have a lesser vehicle. Do. They should. Yeah. It's just like anything, you know, coming up with the upfront cost. <clears throat> Yeah, they're not for sure. a long-term benefit is sometimes hard for somebody to justify. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, well, I, think I think we have commissioner reports. Yes, we do. <clears throat> I don't have a report. I have nothing. I, I don't <laughs> even have nothing. <laughs> oh, there we go. But I'm sure our planning director has something to report. <laughs> <laughs> well, ma Madam Chair, we uh, we did not approve any uh, TUPs or anything of that nature between the last uh, Planning Commission meeting and this. However, uh, coming to you in the very near future would be some appeals to staff decisions on zoning questions. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just kind of, I can't get into the details mm -hmm. at this particular time, but you, I don't want it to surprise when you see that. Mm. They're appealing mm -hmm. staff's decision on some mm -hmm. meetings. <laughs> and, and do we have a second meeting this month? Um, I think we do. I think there might be one project coming forward. Annette, do we know? Uh, we, do, we do not. We do not. We do not. Okay. We do not. Right. We do not. 
Oh. Okay, because if we did, because if we did, we would have gotten all the uh, uh, notices done already. Correct. Oh. And and I did not receive any notice of complaining offers. And then all of the Wednesdays have been calendared, and you suggest that we calendar calendar them for a full day. For the I would recommend that. Um, you're here anyway, you might as well go as long as you can to shorten that length of time it's going to take to go through the zoning code update. But it's primarily up to the commission how long of the days that they want to go for. That's what we did with the general zoning It's And so, well, Gabriel, we'll be receiving a packet of the suggested changes. I, I mean, I'm assuming in our. In chunks. In chunks, yeah. Because I mean, it's a, okay. it's, a, it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I need an undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the next, the, the meeting that we're going to have the greenhouse gas on the next one, yeah. that's going to be for us to get our act together of what we're telling the consultants. So we're not yes. going to expect we to Yeah, we don't expect to see consultants. them. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So just some clear, the, so I can tell the board what the next steps are, because I think they were expecting initially or hoping for just a single additional planning commission meeting. The goal is to have the finalize what you're having the consultants do, and then the consultants will put that in and bring it directly to the board. Is that what we're doing? No, because we haven't seen the whole body of the, of the yeah, greenhouse gas reduction plan. Oh, we've done it until the major. No, but I thought that there was a goal of having the measures approved by the board before the oh. plan. I just, I need to clarify. Oh, I don't know. Is that what you guys are? <clears throat> that makes sense. Just so that we have the buy-in. To, to, before they spend the effort to right. put a whole. So I just want to get us so I just want to know when we're, I can tell them we're going to go to the board one more meeting and then we would be going to the board. I, I hope With so. it just the I measures. So, okay. But we may get feedback from the consultants that oh, this measure won't apply, what you're doing here. Okay. Uh, but I think it might be very helpful if they go to the board because the board itself can say, yeah. you figure out some way to do sequestration. <clears throat> Modification, because mm. <laughs> uh, well, I think there will be a, a major push on that. I so I, I think sending the measures to the board, even if they have comments from the consultants saying that they're not sure they can quantify something, we would have the board feedback about whether it's worth them trying to put that effort in or right. not. And, and another option might be to have a joint meeting with the board so that your issues can be discussed at the same time. Uh, that's an option to save time rather than having, you know, uh, two planning commission meetings. So we're going to have this meeting in September and then we might want to come back again. Are we go directly to the board? If we do go to the board, can that be a joint meeting between the board mm -hmm. and the planning commission so that you still have input even yeah. at the board <clears throat> stage? That, that we might, haven't done that in a long time. No, but well. that might be good because the board will have questions. Absolutely. It? Then we can tell them the rationale behind yeah. some of the recommendations that the planning commission made. Uh -huh. So the idea that everybody wants is we'll have one more meeting, give final direction to 
the consultant, check in with the CEO and whoever else about feasibility of having a joint meeting on the final set of recommend of measures. Measure. Yes. Okay. And will the, the consultant be there for that? I don't I don't know. Uh, that, I that is that is <laughs> that one last yeah, that is on their contract to have that one last meeting. And I and I guess I'm just asking for verification, Gabriel. I I thought, but I'm not hundred percent sure that when they said that one last meeting with the board, that would be at the stage of the measures. And uh, and then there might be a whole other stage later on for the final plan. But I was asking, I'm not sure. It seems to me if there's only one meeting with the consultants and the board, it should be when everything's been put together. Exactly. Uh, you I know, agree. And that, that this, I think a joint meeting with us, with the board, would probably be very good as far as, well, this is what we're hearing from the consultants, and this is what we want to do, and that sort of thing. Okay, so, um, so one more planning commission meeting and then possibly a meeting with a joint meeting, if that could be arranged. If, if they want it, yeah. It's just we would need to know how much time the consultants need to digest what we send them and put it. And then it still might not come back perfect, but it won't matter because we'll be there. Yeah. I mean, but, I, but I, I think we're not going to send anything to the consultants until the board has looked at what we're Going to send no, I think that they're talking about us sending our comments back to the consultants. They will go ahead and ripple them through. Right. And then we'll have we'll have a They'll joint have meeting. a packet to go okay. back to us and the board at the together. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, but but that would just be that would again be the measures, not the final Right. Just thing. the measures. Okay. Take a measure to Which means we have to get our Act together. Ducks and yeah. Well, pretty much we, we did all the heavy lifting today, though, right? Uh, well, we if, think if, so. If, if, <laughs> if you count, uh, well, why don't you guys draft this? <laughs> <laughs> we did that. They still have some measures. Exactly. Uh, sure, it'll be good for Only your skills. <laughs> so I, I, I'll just say. <clears throat> If the general plan was any indication, we're going to have some longish meetings during the zoning code update. Hopefully not all of them, though, and hopefully we won't even need all of them. But it's likely that we will have the public more interested in that because they understand the zoning code. So one of the things that came up in terms of just scheduling, I think the, the current plan, our suggestion anyway of the department is to have a series of study sessions to get the draft together and then to come back for the formal public hearing, which I think might have to be on a regular meeting date. Yes, so. Sir. The formal noticing from a legal standpoint is due when it's the actual public hearing. And I, but I understand that planning is sort of working and maybe going to consult with the with Teresa Hitchcock on ways of getting the word out at the study session stage so that the public can sure. be part of the process mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, we're going to have a, a public hearing that goes on for months, and it will become unwieldy. And I don't know that we'd be able to use non-regular meeting dates for it. So, just any. Well, what, you know, what sort of notice do you have to give out for study sessions? Is so it, for study sessions legally, it's really just the agenda. 
So you don't have to give okay. right for most for most yeah if it's these are informational items where you would not be voting you would be polling and the goal would be to help planning solidify a final draft that would then become the notice public hearing would be on whether to adopt to recommend that that's adopted by the board and the CEQA determining the CEQA work and all of that would be done or at that time you know at that mm -hmm. time the um. And then, and there is definitely, there's a number of provisions that apply to the formal, um, depending on how many people are affected, et cetera, depending on what additional notice um, the board and the CEO might want us to give. You know, that's, that would, the legal requirements for the notice is at the public hearing stage. Yeah. That's it. Well, I, I just, uh, the study sessions are for us to learn, but, um, you know, the question of whether we give public notice, I mean, the, the public can come in for the study sessions, then I'm not sure where where you provide for public comment. Oh, um, I mean, they, they can comment on, yeah. the study sessions don't preclude public comment, it's just not conducted like a formal public hearing and you don't vote on anything, yeah. it's just polling on input for a final draft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that I also um, want to bring to your attention is, as part of the zoning code updates, there are some zoning designations that would be eliminated. Mm -hmm. So, and we don't want that to be a surprise at the, you know, yeah. at, at, the, at the public hearing process. Oh, yeah, well, your RM zoning designation is now gone. Yeah. And so what happens to my property? So we want to make sure that properties like that uh, and property owners are adequately notified so that they can you can hear their yeah their input into the process. So are you notifying them of that possible change, Gabriel? Yes, I would it's just like we did with the general plan designations. We actually did notify. Perfect. They didn't always understand. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in yeah, cases where. Where you are eliminating the zoning of the, eliminating the zoning designation of the property, I think it's important for them to know so that they're not under any kind of illusions that, oh, by the way, uh, they come to the planning counter one day and somebody tells them your your property is no longer zoned R. There's no such thing as what, your property. What happens? So, I don't know if the commission wants to agendize a discussion on notice or whether we should just let that happen with the advice of the CEO. Um, in terms of the going beyond the legal requirements. We might talk about it at the, either put it on the agenda for our next meeting or talk about it at the first. Mm -hmm. Put so it on the agenda for the first, first zoning informational <laughs> meeting. Well, what, put the one in, put what kind of notice we're going to give? Yeah, how, how we're going to go about all of that, getting that. So I guess the question, we can't really have a big discussion about right I, now about I, anything other than like the legal notice. We're just saying that the suggestion has is out yeah. there. And um, I know Gabriel was planning on talking with the CEO. The board had some, I'm sure some board members have some concerns and desires and, and Teresa could potentially just consolidate all of that and come up with a solution. I'm perfectly happy to let the okay. powers that be come, come up with whatever notice you want. You want. Okay. okay. Good. So I do have one suggestion, though. Agreed. If that's okay, Julie, for me to 
Yeah, I mean, so the building department has a list of like designers and mm -hmm. engineers and things. And since those are all people who deal with planning and zoning also, it might be worthwhile to to have them send out an email to everybody on that list okay. saying that these hearings will be happening over this period of time. Because it's, yeah. we hate it, it when sense. we're surprised at the counter. I know. Yeah. 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 I think that's a great idea. And on that happy note, and exactly two o'clock, should we adjourn? <laughs> <laughs>